They are going to attend the Wayne Benefit to try and schmooze with the commissioner. And conveniently, Vale has tickets to this. Because she's good looking. Yes. As one of the blonde women of Gotham City, she is invited to every event that they have. <laughs> one of the two one of the two blonde women of Gotham City. Yeah. As we all know, there are two women who are blonde in Gotham City. We don't see anyone else who qualifies under this The two marker. news ladies, else, yeah, they're not blonde. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Everyone else is a short haired brunette bob. Well, even the one like prostitute that shows up in the beginning of the film and then later during the whole like parade thing. Yeah, there's only two blonde women in the whole city. Wait, isn't Amanda Keeler blonde? No. No. No, she's brunette. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I'm joined today by Brian Cottingen and John Williscroft of the Cinema Psycho Show, a movie podcast. They are filmmakers. They are movie buffs. They are also podcasters. Guys, welcome to the show. Oh, we're glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I got a bad case of Batmania. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to see your doctor about that then. (laughs) Well, I've got the cure for you, and it's what we're talking about on this episode, because I've got to ask you the question I ask at the top of every show. Why did we watch Batman 1989? Because why not? Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's, it's, it's Batman. This was, you know, Brian and I are, are roughly the same age. Brian, are you, were you 85 or 86? I was 85. Okay, yeah. So we're basically, you're like two months younger than me. So we were like yeah. four years old when this movie came out, and... This is the movie that made me want to make movies. I didn't know how to phrase that when I was four years old, but I was like, mm. I want to make that world, not just with my toys, but however, however that happens. You know, this so. is the movie that made me fall in love with movies. Like it was much later that I decided I wanted to make them. But like, this is the one that I was like, I don't know what it is about this particular thing, but I absolutely love it. And even now, like my wife doesn't love movies as much as I do, um, but uh, it's it's one of those things that like I'm like I love movies. I get I, I get a thrill out of seeing even movies, even if they're bad. If they're terrible movies, I still love it. But it all boils down to this amazing movie. Heck yeah! I, we covered the Batman, good old Battinson, uh, about a year mm-hmm. ago on this podcast. So this is really continuing a, a trend. I'm pretty fond of i've been a fan of the batman movies since i was a kid i would say batman 66 was not necessarily of my time but it is the one i watched the most as a kid so this is uh, really completing the end-to-end batman cycle for me but why don't we jump on in here uh, as we open credits over a dark city skyline it's batman baby it's gotham dramatic music as we continue to fly through the different crevices of the batman symbol as we then go to of course gotham city nighttime as it always seems to be i was surprised how often in this movie it wasn't nighttime (laughs) it's either gray skies pittsburgh and i say that Mm -hmm. as a pittsburgher um (laughs) or it is dark and gloomy dark and gloomy gotham and the funny thing is and and john and i've had this debate back and forth what time period does this take place dystopian future (laughs) (laughs) Or, or the past is yeah. it 1940s or 1989? It's weirdly steampunk in a way that's impossible to place in any like coherent place and time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not. You're not supposed to know. <laughs> here's what I think happened. I think that they they wrote a script 
for mm-hmm. Sam Ham wrote the script for like modern day, but then like the producers were like, no one's gonna recognize it unless they're in fedoras, you know, and like <laughs> it's like they've been making Batman comics for like fifty years at that point, or you know, or thirty or whatever, but they still think that it has to be the Batman from like nineteen forty two. So everybody looks like they're in the forties, but they all have like eighties technology. And then Tim Burton's like, you know what we really should have are some punk rockers and <laughs> steampunky goth vibes. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a Burton movie if it didn't. Oh, just wait for Batman Returns, baby. It's going to be even better. <laughs> uh, there's the hustle and bustle of Gotham going on. We go to the exterior of the Monarch Theater where a young boy and his parents struggle to catch a cab before eventually deciding to try their luck down one of the many, many back alleys that seem to outnumber <laughs> the actual roads in Gotham uh, and are promptly mugged. You Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's Gotham. That's literally the motto. Come here. You'll get mugged. That guy kind of deserved it, like, because he's like, hey, Damn. I can't get a cab. I'm going to send jerk. my family down the shadiest looking alley I've ever seen in my life. It's just yeah. he's just a fucking asshole. He's like, oh, I'm not going to listen to my my kid with the map in front of him. Kid's got the map in front uh, of him. And he's like, tourist. shut up. We look like tourists. Yeah. It's why like, does that kid have a map? Be- because he's the, he's the one smart. He's the one kid who's looking at his dad going like, mom is going to divorce you after this trip. Yeah. <laughs> He heard they were going to Gotham and he thought, well, someone's got to be prepared in this family. That's right. Someone does. Because dad sure as hell can't even hail a taxi. <laughs> While they are being mugged, there is the shadow of a caped figure watching from a rooftop. I wonder who that could uh, be. Well, I got a g- correction. That is the animated shadow of a caped figure. <laughs> hey, I like that, Brian. I mean, I, it, I it's so, it feels so Tim Burton. <laughs> it, well, that. I mean, it was, it, you know, it's Tim Burton. He's got to have something animated because Tim Burton was an animator for disney so he's like you know what i gotta get get in somewhere so that's where it's gonna be at is the Mm -hmm. little shadow batman in the script it says um right after the mugging you know multiple gargoyles overlook the city when suddenly one of the gargoyles moves see i would have liked to seen that like don't get me wrong like i love that little little animated batman thing but it's like it would have been neat to see like the gargoyle move yeah, especially given how many gargoyles they do have as part of the set later in the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they probably had some sitting around they could have um, could have spared. Yeah. yeah. The two muggers enjoy the spoils of their crime and American Express card. Don't, Don't leave, leave home, home without it. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is worried about the bat coming to get them. And as his friend tries to reassure him, descending in the background is an incredibly dramatic bat-shaped man. I love Every time he enters a scene for the first two thirds of this movie, that Batman descends on his little tripwire. Well, listen, listen, whatever happened to Johnny Gobbs? That's what I want to know. I heard he took a, a walk off roof. No big loss. <laughs> yeah, he got ripped. Took a walk off roof. No <laughs> That's the story I really want to know is the story of Johnny Gobbs. <laughs> well, yeah, give that like to HBO Max. They'll do like a, oh, yeah, a oh, 12 part yeah. Johnny Gobbs, like the free. Johnny Gobbs story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean that entrance of of Batman just dropping down like as as the audience you're just like holy shit he's coming he's coming and he's not animated this time it's really him and <laughs> and yeah it that whole sequence like they both get their asses kicked you mm-hmm. see that quite literally nothing can take this man out nothing bullets don't do it staring at him with blank drunken stares don't do it it's just it's the fucking Batman. Well, I love the fact that Batman did not stop this crime at all. This family still lost their money. The guy has had trauma. 
the yeah the kid has PTSD, but at least Batman went and beat the piss out of them. Listen, Batman <laughs> has been described as a conservative cheerleader. Okay, can we get some that right there? He didn't stop stop anything, but he did deliver crime and punishment. Well, also, and of course, we find this out later in the movie, but it's part of the critical Batman backstory. Bruce Wayne, the Batman, his family was also killed in what I assumed was the opening of this movie up until they revealed it was a completely different child and parents in that back alley in a mugging. Yes. <laughs> I feel like he should have had some drive to intervene on that one in particular. No, no. Hey, that he had that to little wait. cord on his belt. Yeah, that's. Uh, it takes a while to get down all that way. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, he spent half the night getting up to the gargoyles. You can't just like run down for every <laughs> child and parents who are getting mugged. I mean, come on, it's Gotham. Did they not see the billboard that says, if you come here, you get mugged? It's included in the vacation package. It is included yeah. in the vacation package. <laughs> At one point, he also raises his cape behind him during this fight to make the big old bat shape. And I love how over the top the, the costume is. It's a very Burton level of over the top where it's not that it's flashy or brightly colored, but everything is so committed to the bat aesthetic. It's uh, a, oh, it's, a it up. <laughs> it's a Bob Ringwood costume. Mm. So Bob Ringwood, famous costumer who did the Dune costumes, the uh, Arrakis like mm -hmm. costumes from the movie Dune. So it's. The designed to be uncomfortable as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman's a gimp, I think, you know? He's he, just, <laughs> he just comes in his leather bondage outfit to, like, beat up some guys. Like, he's going to find some criminal who's like, oh, yeah, bat, step on my cubes. And he's like, this isn't working for me. <laughs> You're supposed to hate this. No, I love it. I love it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, he's not quite finding what he's looking for in Gotham right now. And he spares the life of the more nervous smugger so that he'll run and tell all his friends about the Batman for swooshing away into the night, having not stopped a crime, but beaten up the buggers. Now we had this, now John and I had this discussion well, mm -hmm. right before we were recording. John, do you think it would be more effective if he referred to himself as Man Bat? Yes. Yes. He should be Man Bat. <laughs> Why do you think that? I just don't think it rolls out the tongue well. I, like if you lift it's him up and say, sounding. tell all your friends about me. Who are you? I'm Man Bat. No, it'd be great. Like, wait, later in the movie when, when Joker's like, the man who's brought real terror to Gotham's man bat. <laughs> where and where is the man bat? He's at home washing his tights. See, that doesn't sound really good. That no, sounds like really bad. Brings up more of like a thing from the Black Lagoon kind of idea. Like yeah. I think of a creature more than a, a vigilante. Well, there yeah. is well, there is like there is what man there is. bat in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't roll off the tongue well. <laughs> we then go to a fancy dinner party where the mayor introduces the new district attorney, Harvey Dent. Harvey says he's a man of few words, then says many words in sequence. And while listening to his speech about targeting the businesses who have been criminalizing the city. <laughs> he's many words, but then he <laughs> says a whole big long fucking thing. I so this is what I feel like one of genre movies favorite things to do is have a character say i'm a man a few words and then immediately non-stop talk for the rest of the movie although to be fair after this speech harvey dent doesn't really do all that much so i guess in the grand scheme of batman i guess it was true <laughs> well, well what i love is that that harvey dent quite literally in this movie can we just refer to him as lando of gotham yeah. because he, he's <laughs> he 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 is the most dapper man in all of gotham aside from the joker like, I'm just like, you know, I was waiting for him to go, whoa, 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 what have we here? You know, all Lando-like. Mm -hmm. But I think in this is like a multiverse, which if the multiverse and 
this is the you know lando's you know doppelganger yeah, and it does feel like the uniform of Gotham is if you you know if you're if you're a man and you're in Gotham, you have two options on what you can wear, and it's a zoot suit or you can dress as like a British punk rocker, and these are your only two avenues to explore. <laughs> it's it's Anton Furst's fault. I mean, rest in peace, but it's it's his fault for <laughs> deciding that that was going to be the aesthetic, and that's what I said. Like it drove me nuts for the longest time that I was like, well, what time period does this take place in? Because there's you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, it's like well, do we want cake or do we want Taco Bell? And it's like, why don't we just shove some tacos Both. into a cake? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like watching this, I can see exactly how they got from here to like Clooney Batman's CGI yeah. cityscape mini model look. Like I see the one-to-one thinking that led us to that point, but also I think there's a much clearer, if not clearer, at least more intentional smashing together of aesthetics and time periods in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the thing too is to get to Clooney Batman, I mean, you've got to go through McDonald's hell. And mm-hmm. and that's how we got mm-hmm. there was we went through all the McDonald's hell and the the Kenner hell to there's there's multiple you know toy hells to get to Clooney Batman. We can't sell toys of a giant aquatic <laughs> man bird who barfs bile <laughs> and a sexy pleather cat woman. We can't do that. No one's gonna buy Happy Meals with that. Mm-mm. They don't know children because they will. <laughs> <laughs> I was eight when the second one came out. I wasn't bothered by anything. I was just like, yay, Batman. Oh, no. Well, that for me, that was like first, uh, you know, viewing of, say, like a female. Be like, oh, that's interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to the speech that uh, Dent is giving about targeting the various businesses who have been criminalizing and terrorizing the city of Gotham is Jack Nicholson and Jerry Hall. Jack Nicholson playing a character named Jack. Very convenient for me, the note taker. <laughs> I, I mean he's he's jack and the shining i think that he just doesn't respond to anything except his own name well can we can we be honest here like the 80s jack nicholson had it the easiest because every character he played was him like starting yeah. from the shining that literally every character you go to the shining you go to the witches of eastwick you get to this movie he's playing the same character just different variations of jack nicholson like, yeah, crazy, charismatic mm-hmm. guy. Yes. I, I interviewed a woman who was his wife in the movie Hoffa, and she even said, she's like, uh, you know, I loved him in Hoffa because it was like one of the first times I've seen him like truly act as anything other than Jack. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's very lucky that playing the charismatic Jack is very fun to watch for all of us in the audience. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I love that he's in a purple suit because I'm sure somebody said, hey, we need to explain how he gets the purple suit as the Joker. And they're like, well, he'll just already be kind of guy wears a purple suit. And it's but, you know, because everything has to make mm-hmm. sense in the movie, except how Joker's goons have cars with his face on them. <laughs> Joker has an incredibly effective art department. They just as yeah. soon as he landed yeah. in the acid, they started working overtime. They're like, OK, break out the spray paint. Where are all of our stencils? We have some rebranding to do. <laughs> Well, I love that the Joker has a helicopter, not with his face on it, but also where did the mob get a helicopter? (laughs) Listen, Boss Grissom had a lot of stuff in storage, okay? He's old. He's not using all of his helicopters. He probably had some cans of green and and purple paint just laying around. Maybe he painted his fence purple and green one year and decided, ah, it's a terrible color. So he had an excess amount of paint. Now, I'm giving the story way too much credit for how this has all occurred. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's how it worked out. 
if this was a Marvel film, they would do this. Like they would have yes. explanation upon explanation and give us multiple, like you know, one shot stories of how Boss Grissom got the or got the green and purple paint. Oh, Brian, no, no. If it was Christopher Nolan like doing this movie, then we would actually have like real time of the Joker painting his. Well, we cars would see the stuff. yeah, we would yeah. see the Joker go to True Value and pick up a bunch of spray yeah. paint. He'd be going through his inventory list. Like we'd go to the warehouse where apparently Grissom had all this stuff stored. We'd have to go item by item as he took inventory of all of the helicopters and like yes. sedans hanging out. <laughs> you got to have real helicopters, no CGI. Christopher Nolan doesn't fuck around. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the two do seem rather unimpressed with the whole show for the decent people living in Gotham. And the woman who I believe is Alicia Hunt. There were two blonde women in this movie, and it took a while for me to properly differentiate. Well, that was Jerry Hall. <laughs> the, the actress yeah. was Jerry Hall. Yes, Jerry Hall. She's concerned about her beau Grissom, but Jack assures her that even if that guy could have, you know, found out about the two of them having a little affair, he'd have, he'd have given him what for by now. I love that she cheats on like an eighty-year-old guy with a fifty-year-old guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Slim Pickens in Gotham City, okay? Not everyone not everyone can be De Harvey Dent, okay? Hey, yeah. I mean, what is she going to do? Fuck Bob? <laughs> Bob the Goon. Hey, Bob is a very important character. He got his own first name and everything. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was Jack Nicholson's buddy. That's why. Yeah, there's the Bob action figure. I mean, that's pretty yeah. tight. Yeah. Everybody needs a Bob the Goon. That's, that's the toy you get. When like your parents ran out of money to get you Christmas presents that year, like you're like, well, we couldn't get you Joker, or Batman, but there's just tons of Bob, Bob the Goon. <laughs> I think there is actually in Marvel comics like Bob the Hydra agent, who is a goon oh, that God. has kind of become. I haven't really been up to date in a while, but I think has become sort of like a cult figure in his own right yeah. and does have his own run of comics. So we're just we're ahead of the curve. <laughs> Need a Bob the Goon comic book, I'm telling you. Mm, audience, I'd like a cover for that on my desk by Monday. You guys know how it works. Uh, <laughs> back at the scene of the Muggers' defeat, uh, one of them is being loaded into an ambulance as the cops get the blurb about the same thing they've heard before. Giant, menacing, supernatural form, kind of like a bat. And uh, Lieutenant Eckerd tries to dissuade the reporter on the scene, Knox, from reporting on the bat attack. But Knox seems really taken with the legend of the new vigilante of Gotham City. At some point, he gets to say, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? And if I was him, that would have been the peak of my career. <laughs> yeah, and and what's is he on the police payroll? And what's he pulling down after taxes? After taxes. <laughs> after, after taxes. taxes. Yeah. Another um, another fun Star Wars reference uh, uh, yeah. here yeah. is uh, Lieutenant Eckhart was Porkins in uh, <laughs> A New Hope, which I'm, I'm starting to think that George Lucas has a thing against fat people. Oh. <laughs> it's like that guy's name is Porkins. Job of the Hut is just this big fat pig. You know, it's just like what what is his deal? God. Well, I was gonna say that that whole thing basically gives me more credence that the Batman is a variant timeline from Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars does take place in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. So very well in the intervening years, somewhere there could have been. Yeah. A time vortex. Yeah. <laughs> or it could just be this was made in, in England in Pinewood Studios, which is the same place where they filmed Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, if you've got all these guys hanging around set anyway, ask them if they want to do dig at their rate. Porkins, you want to have more than one line? Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
I don't I don't die in this one, do well, we're not gonna get there. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah. Eckerd walks off into a nearby alley where Jack is waiting for him, and Jack tells him that Dent has been sniffing around one of the front companies and he wants Eckerd to take care of it. So Eckerd is our dirty cop for the movie. Yeah, we didn't know that at all. It's yeah. not by the way he looks and his about general his demeanor. Or <laughs> He's like a sewer came alive. You know? <laughs> I like to think of it as the dregs at the bottom of a coffee pot at the end of the day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like the little bits, they're just yeah. there. And you're just like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the grind I don't want to wash it out, though. <laughs> it's No, it's when you're walking down the street in like around this time, like March, April, and you see that like wet pair of underpants, like near like the side of the road. And it's like, what happened there? You, know? you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pulling an Eckhart. Yeah, but by the way, I love that the Joker like put the money in between two slices of bread. You know, <laughs> got to be real yeah. sneaky about yeah. it. You know, well yeah. again, again, you know, this is calling out the guy's fat. Oh, uh, you want a snack, Eckhart? Yeah. And he probably was like, "Ooh, is it a dag? What? Oh, it's money. Oh." <laughs> <laughs> uh, shows that Joker's already got a bit of a playful side, even when he's Jack. Yeah. Jack yeah. Well, he's yeah. a grade A nutball, and Grissom knows it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, the mayor wants to celebrate the 200th birthday of the city in style, despite the fear and financial trouble Gotham is deep, deep inside of. I gotta say, this mayor sucks ass. Like so he bad. is, <laughs> he is almost as bad as the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the mayor yeah. from Jaws quite literally knows that there's a fucking shark that's coming out e- eating people. But this mayor is just like, I don't care if people are getting mugged, if there's gang violence. I don't care. I need to have my 200th anniversary special where there's hot dogs, balloons, the whole schmear. Yeah. I Shmier. will have that parade, damn it. <laughs> well, Brian, he needs to get like the businesses back. Everybody's fleeing Gotham because it's just too unsafe around. Well, there. again, I go back to it. Did they not see the billboard? <laughs> it says, you come here, you get mugged. That's the way it works. Come here, you get mugged, but maybe you'll see a parade. You might see a parade. Here's the interesting thing I think about this Gotham police force is that, like, in other variations, like comic <laughs> books. Well, yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, like the Dark Knight Returns or Batman Year One or, or you know, the most the Robert Pattinson movie we got. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, like, a lot of corruption on the force. This one, the cops are just useless. They're like the South Park Police Department. Of course, Batman's <laughs> yeah. needed. They're just grossly incompetent at everything. They're kind of like stormtroopers, if you will, right? <laughs> like they, they have no aim. They're incompetent. You know, I'm pretty sure some of them have bopped their heads on a door. So, like, it's again going back to this variant timeline of Star Wars. Well, I will. I one thing I will say that I don't like what batman 89 did mm. was that and i i'm okay with batman being a loner and not really having anybody on his side but gordon is mm. just useless in this yeah. movie and yeah, the thing yeah. is yeah. i don't i don't even need him to be an ally of batman like to say that way it was in the Nolan movies but but gordon is an interesting character and this mm-hmm. guy is mm-hmm. just pointless you know yeah other than being name dropped he really doesn't do much in this movie uh, kind of yeah. someone to break up the monotony of miscellaneous cops that are sometimes in the background yeah you could tell he's like a 60 year old british actor with bad blood pressure he's like <laughs> he's not a british actor is he not no i don't no. think he's a british actor no he's not a british actor no but well, i see right. everybody in this movie not there. everybody <laughs> is uh no but like he he just kind of shows up to show us wow the cops are in disbelief like he's kind of like the voice piece for the cops 
mm-hmm. to be di- in disbelief and to also yell into bullhorns. Like that's all he does yeah. is yell into bull- bullhorns for the most of the movie. Which is disappointing because like you were saying, Gordon can be a really interesting character to either mm-hmm. play off of Batman or against him even at times and to have him be nothing in this movie. I, there's a lot of characters that have a lot going on in here, so I'm not sure if I missed it necessarily, but it does sort of feel like a missed opportunity to, yeah. to put something interesting in there. At the paper where he works, Knox is mocked by his coworkers. Apparently reporting on the Batman does not curry a lot of favor in the office, but this is all taken in stride when he spots the legs of Vicky Vale, photographer for the likes of Vogue and Cosmo, and also a blonde girl who hangs around Jack sometimes. <laughs> well, I... Well, I, I find it hilarious. Well, that's not the same person hangs around Jackson. This is where my notes are incorrect because this is not the same blonde woman. This is where I realized no. there are two blonde women. There are two blonde women in this. <laughs> <laughs> two tall, blonde, good-looking women. The movie yeah. would not expect you to know that. <laughs> because let's be honest here. This movie was made in the 80s, and the 80s were a very different time for movies. Mm-hmm. We don't need character development of our female characters. No, not at all. Just legs. Well, not just that, Brad. She's immediately like sexually harassed oh, at work totally. by her new coworker. <laughs> yeah, instantly. yeah, totally. Like, like instantly, like, hey, will you marry me? No. Hey, you want to go on a date? You got hot legs. You know, like, <laughs> I can smell your scent. You know, like, like oh god. <laughs> I want to just keep going. Like, how did she get through the door with all the <laughs> horny asshole reporters and photographers? Like. <laughs> Luckily, they were all too distracted making fun of their coworker for That's, reporting on Batman yes. to notice. Yeah, they were the about to molest her, and then they went, "Hey, wait, Knox is coming in. Let's go make fun of him." Uh, she's here to take some photographs of the quote-unquote wildlife of Gotham, aka the Batman. And she really loved Knox's reporting so far, and wants to work with him on this story. But as we've seen, his reporting on the Batman isn't taken super seriously around here, and they need some tangible proof to base their story on, like the convenient file that Commissioner Gordon has on the bat. Uh, unfortunately, Knox has not had much success getting through the official channels to Gordon, so they decided. I to wonder why. The, yeah. <laughs> what I find hilarious is the way that she's like says that she's into the Batman. Like she couldn't just say like I'm really interested in learning more about this Batman character. No, mm-hmm. it's I like bats. <laughs> oh, okay. You, hey, I she's really Academy Award like, winner, bro. <laughs> I know that. Not I'm just saying she's like I like bats like no human being talks like that like what could you just like say like i'm really interested in the batman well she has to give that like breathy sexy voice you know oh. well it's it's that or screaming oh yeah play the scream <laughs> drinking game every time Vale oh, screams in bad time. oh my gosh it's a bad time <laughs> They are going to attend the Wayne benefit to try and schmooze with the commissioner. And conveniently, Vale has tickets to this. Because she's good looking. Yes. (laughs) As one of the blonde women of Gotham City, she is invited (laughs) to every event that they have. (laughs) One of the two... One of the two blonde women of Gotham City. Yeah. As we all know, there are two women who are blonde in Gotham City. We don't see anyone else who qualifies under this The two marker. news ladies, everyone yeah, else... they're not blonde. Yeah. yeah. Nope, everyone else is a short-haired brunette bob. Well, even the one, like, prostitute that shows up in the beginning of the film and then later during the whole, like, parade thing. Yeah, there's only two blonde women in the whole city. Wait, isn't Amanda Keeler blonde? No. No. No, oh. no she's brunette. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, when I was like four, I didn't understand. I'm like, how did Vicky Vale, who's new to town, get those tickets? And when I got older, I'm like, oh, she's good looking. Yeah. Good yeah. looking people just get things for free. <laughs> just have to be ridiculously good looking in Gotham. <laughs> 
We then go to the top of one of the many spooky skyscrapers all around Gotham, where Grissom is pissed about Knox's articles and or Dent's crusade. Pick one of the two for this old man to be mad about. Connecting him with Axis Chemicals and his many shell companies. Uh, if this connection goes through and is made public, it is a death knell for their criminal organization. Is it really like a death knell for the whole? Like, is he oh, that much of a like house it. of cards? Seeing how easily Joker was able to be openly evil and wander the streets, murder multiple citizens, and then put on a parade and everyone seemed fine with it, I feel like they would have given Grissom a lot of leeway if he just had a fun gimmick. And, like, Grissom had all the mobsters under his wing, too. Like, it wasn't even like he's just one person. He owned all of crime there. So it doesn't make any sense how he's like, oh, well, if they get into Axis Chemicals, it it fucks Mm -hmm. everything up. It's like, oh, are you that weak? Do the public know that Grissom is a crime boss? I'm assuming so. I mean, he they, Dent calls him out. Yeah, because if they do, that's right. Yeah, Dent does call him out. Mm-hmm. Like, if we found out, hey, wait a minute, this this tire company that Al Capone owns is actually a front for booze and gambling. What? Not Al Capone. Like, who cares if they find out Access Chemicals yeah. is a front company? You're already a criminal. <laughs> you already have the sign out front of your house. Saying, I'm a criminal, criminal, try and stop me. Ha, ha, ha. Well, ha, 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 got added after the Joker became a Joker. I guess this is the part (laughs) of the first act where they need a, like, a call to action. Yeah. Uh You know, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They need uh, Jack to cut into this business meeting and suggest that instead of phoning it all in and moving, they just break into Axis Chemicals, mess the place up, steal some documents, and claim industrial espionage. Grissom seems to love this idea, and they decide to go with it. Jack personally being in charge of the operation, he is just playing with his totally thematic Joker playing card this whole time. <laughs> you gotta have foreshadowing. Well, yeah. well, I love the fact that Jack's like, he, he's basically every sycophant in the 1980s boardroom meeting. Like, he mm-hmm. will suggest something. Oh, yes, the boss should do this. But then when the boss calls him out and says, hey, asshole, I want you to do this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just gave the idea. I'm an idea man. I'm not a doer. I'm an idea person. That's I, I just I love. Well, no, him. Like, well, no, it's because he is a doer. And that's because <laughs> or, uh, Grissom knows that he's doing his lady. So he's like, yeah, I'm setting you up, buddy. But yep. I love I love Jack Palance. I love that this man has never met an overacting he he didn't do. <laughs> My true. God. Well, I mean, he was Dracula. So, I mean, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Grissom, of course, insisting, as you guys mentioned, that Jack take this job after noticing the way that his uh, girlfriend who enters into this meeting as it's letting out with all of her shopping makes eyes at Jack. Yeah, Jack's smart. He lowers his gaze, but she just gives him fuck eyes like, God damn. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you got like she just got pregnant from the stare that she gave Jack. <laughs> after Jack exits Grissom's place. Grissom places a call to Lieutenant Eckerd. He's selling Jack out. Turns out he knows about him and his hunt. Great. We're just speeding right along to a fancy castle building where roulette is spinning and the rich are uh, donating. It's a benefit to save the festival. One could even say it's the Wayne benefit at Wayne Manor. Bale is here looking for Bruce Wayne, but she doesn't realize the guy she asked was, in fact, the Michael Keaton she was looking for. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is weird, by the way. Like, consider, <laughs> in, We're in a world where there's radio and television. And uh, are we instant. sure we're in a world where there's radio and television? Well, we Batman watches the time period. Well, they watch I mean, a lot of the TV Joker. in this movie. Yeah, they watch TV all the time. Like, how do you how do you not know one of the richest men in the world look like? And they have magazines and newspapers. You would yeah. think that mm-hmm. someone would have taken a picture of Bruce Wayne. 
because uh, are they kind of like inferring that he's almost like Howard Hughes, just like I mean, that's locked up in I the thought. Wayne Manor all the time mm. with shoeboxes on his feet. Like, well, he didn't you... he didn't show up to the the Harvey Dent thing. Like he had his little like name placard there, so he's not showing up to public things. But that infers that he d- he does he's attended some public events. Yeah. So like, oh, oh, nobody knows what Bruce Wayne looks like. Apparently, you know, I don't I don't know. I thought it was odd. It is a little <laughs> weird, but it's also to. To showcase that he, you know, we have to have this weird interaction between him and Vale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has to know whether or not he should give his boner to her, or <laughs> if he should give it to the knight. <laughs> uh, Commissioner yeah. Gordon is also there, busy gambling uh, away when Knox catches up with him and asks in many a roundabout way with his tape recorder in hand about the bat, but... Gordon and Dent just brush him off and laugh at the very idea of the Batman. The two police get called away on a tip about a break-in at Axis Chemicals, which attracts the attention of Vale and Knox, who make to follow them and instead end up in a crazy-looking armory-arsenal hybrid with armor and whatnot from, it seems, the likes of history and fantasy alike. Or that's also just like your, your dream closet. Well, this is well. No, this is Tim Burton's dream closet. Oh well, that's I mean, it's Tim Burton's dream closet. I actually just did this video for class as I did my own ADR assignment before I had them do it. So I I'll see if I can remember every word. I think. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait. Living room, dining room, arsenal. Look <laughs> at this stuff. Who is this guy? He gives it all these humanitarian causes, and then he collects all this stuff. Uh, he probably does it to get chicks. They like him for his big charity balls. <laughs> Not to mention his rather large bankroll. Well, remember, the more you got, the less they're worth. Then this must be the most worthless guy in America. Oh, wait. Look at this guy. He must have been king of the wicker people. <laughs> oh, where'd this one come from? I have no idea. There we go. <laughs> and th- Japanese. That's, yeah, that's... How do you know? Yeah, that's the end of my ADR project. <laughs> I think you got that line to line. <laughs> Listen, we we have both gone over this multiple times, John and I. We're I, he's the only other person I know, aside from myself, who can quote Batman eighty nine as it's playing at the exact same time as it's playing. Like we'll <laughs> say the lines before the lines get said, and it's it's just it's muscle memory. Fantastic. Well, thank you for covering that because. What happens in this scene is they get mocked. Uh, they marvel and mock at the myriad of armors before Bruce himself appears behind them with the, it's Japanese actually, uh, and makes himself known to the reporting duo. Bruce immediately hits on Vale and the conversation turns to the Batman when Alfred interrupts with the unexpected news of the commissioner's departure and Bruce, after a little uh, nudging from Alfred to go in the correct direction, rushes off, offering Knox a grant, of course, as a common courtesy of for among the wealthy, I assume. Oh well, yeah. If you show up at the, at Bruce Wayne's manor, I mean, you're, you're you're expected to, you know, you get kind of like a little like swag bag, you know, and, <laughs> and in there are some stocks, bonds, and a grant, just because Bruce doesn't give a shit, you know. But I love how subtle Alfred is too. By the way, it's like, <laughs> hey, Batman. I mean, Master Wayne, Commissioner <laughs> Gordon left all of a sudden winky wink see i'm winking master wayne you might want to go to the back i mean your office (laughs) you know the one downstairs in the cave i mean basement with all the cameras behind the secret mirrors in this one room you know (laughs) all right oh yeah i'll meet you down there alfred i'll prep your bat outfit god damn it alfred (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean your PJs. Your yeah. PJs, sir. Well, someone has to go release all the bats for the bat cave before he gets down there, or else the whole aesthetic is just thrown you off. Yeah, someone's got to clean the clean the guano. Like, oh, hey, God, can you imagine? <laughs> Alfred knows how to like clean, tidy up, and also how to properly serve fishy swa. He has no time fishy for subtlety. <laughs> it's supposed to be cold. Mm-hmm. A bespeckled Bruce in a dark room that may or may not be the Batcave plays back the conversation between the commissioner and Dent from his various cameras around his home before they ran off. And then we go to Axis Chemicals where Eckerd hands out wanted posters of Jack as he and his boys enter the chemical plant to try and catch him in the act. Meanwhile, Jack's crew of suited criminals commit their corporate espionage, or they would if there were any documents in the safe. Someone ratted them out. We've been ratted out here, boys. <laughs> Watch, Watch it. I love I love the music. I just it's love so good. Music. There's a shootout between police and goons as the commissioner himself arrives on the scene to yell through the megaphone as he is wont to do. He takes over and tells the cops to take Jack alive, contrary to what Eckerd had said before, and the raid continues. And then he takes a powder and eats a Danish because he's useless. <laughs> well, he, he clearly says to Echo, he's like, I'm in charge here, not call aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, I'm commissioner in yeah. fancy clothes. <laughs> so he knows Eckerd is a dirty cop and he just yeah. lets him hang around anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I, again, like, this is not exactly the best showing for Gotham PD no. at all. Well, also, they just, like, shoot without hesitation, too. I said they're stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> what they are. Yeah. They got their little wanted posters so they knew who to shoot at, and then they shot indiscriminately throughout the building at anyone who was moving around. It worked Yeah, perfectly. and, you know, just pew, 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 pew. <laughs> oh, acid. Don't step in that. Like, there's some scenes in this where the, the cops are literally like, oh, shit, green crap, red crap. Oh, I shouldn't <laughs> step in that stuff. I wonder how many, like, went home and took their shoes off and like, hey, look, my feet are white. You know? <laughs> They wouldn't have shoes. Let's be honest here. The shoes melted away by the time they got home. It's like, thank mm-hmm. God that it didn't touch my face and I got a distorted <laughs> grin. That would suck. Oh, yeah. how awful. Yeah. This is about when the bat once more floats his way down into the scene. And in taking down a goon, the commissioner catches his first real glimpse of the Batman. Jack breaks open a bunch of chemical bats to cover his escape and makes his way higher up into the plant as bats continues to skulk about taking out goons and giving chase. It's glorious absolutely glorious this is where we get our third bat we've had michael keaton in the bat suit we've had stunt mm-hmm. bat and now we yeah. get ballet bat this is when we get ballet bat yes <laughs> yeah right. so like the scene like where you know jack is running and then like right above him on another platform batman shushes his cape open that's because that's a ballerina in there who they brought Excellent. in for certain certain shots to like really accentuize the outfit and the you know so. the floating yeah they understand what's important about the Batman character on screen. You know, it, it's all about getting that cape to make that bat shape. And if you can't get it to it's get all about the bat pirouette. <laughs> Jack goes to take a shot at the commissioner, but is stopped and grabbed by the bat. One of Jack's goons, Bob, as we'll come to know him, has the gun to the commissioner's head, however. So threatening that, the bat puts Jack down. Jack tries to go and shoot the bat instead, but the bat is MIA. So Jack shoots Eckerd. I guess that is the end of him. Think about the future. (laughs) Yeah, where the fuck did Batman go? He's like, well, that's a dirty cop. I'll let him get shot. (laughs) He's like, well, I just I I just had to go ahead and see you do it. And then now I can do it. Yep. Because immediately afterward, Bats is back. And in his shock, Jack fires at Batman, who 
is wearing bulletproof armor of some kind. It's deflected and it sends steam right into Jack's face and sends him over the side of the catwalk. I gotta be honest with you. This this chemical. section of the movie <laughs> always pissed me off because mm-hmm. it happens so fast that you don't know what the hell just to happen. He shoots at him. Batman puts his arms up. It ricochets. We see a scene. Like, I don't know where the hell that, that wall thing was at, but it just immediately happens way too fast. I'm like, well, what, what caused the things on his face? Yeah, what was it chemicals or was it the bullet like yeah, I don't hitting know. him? Yeah. I think or it was both. supposed yeah. to be the chemicals. I guess we'll use that as yeah. the weapon later on to give everyone the so. same smile, but it is really unclear. Well, it's nice that Batman was able to borrow Wonder Woman's like bulletproof bracelets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he was getting started. He needed some protection on the on the on the gauntlets. Mm-hmm. The commissioner tries to tell Batman to hold it, but Batman yeah, drops a no. smoke bomb and glides away. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna listen to you, Commissioner, <laughs> who knows that your your police is entirely corrupt. But yeah, I'll listen to you to stop. <laughs> Why didn't Commissioner Gordon go? Hey guys, he's on the roof. Let's all just go outside and capture him when he tries to come down. He wasn't ascending all that quickly. I feel like maybe we could have beat him up. And they, they could see the smoke and like see him grapple, and we went up and like their cops all. Flanked upon him, going like, "Oh, look up! How there did he is? How did he get away? By the way, <laughs> he just got on the roof. Do you think he like parked his like? Did he did he bring the Batwing? How did oh, he get? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he didn't have the Batwing yet. I mean, this is probably just had the Batmobile. But where do you park it at? Where do you parallel park that thing? Yeah, <laughs> that is a giant phallic car. I mean, it's yeah. We leave the combat of the scene and see emerging from the chemical waste of the plant a hand and some lucky playing cards. Ooh. <laughs> <Spooky>. lucky <laughs> Foreboding. <laughs> if only there had been a purple cast over this whole scene, we could have really got the full effect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, just the gargle, gargle, ha, 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 popping up bubbles out of it. Back at the Globe's office, Knox is furious that the official line is Jack's acid trip was a suicide. Suicide! suicide. <laughs> Let me get this on tape. Uh, he huh? hung oh. up. <laughs> no shit, Knox, you moron. <laughs> he and Vale are trying to figure out the truth, but before she can get too deep into that, Vale has to go on her date at Wayne Manor with Bruce tonight. Gotta yeah. prove that Batman has a case of the not gaze. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Let's be honest here. This is not the most chemistry between two people at no. all. It's very wooden, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> a lot of their early connection seems to be based on the length of the table between them and not too much else. Mm. That's all right. Alfred like Alfred gets her like all lubed up and ready for ready for Bruce. <laughs> Can it's we like, admit that literally Alfred is like, you know, uh trying to play like, you know, matchmaker in this this movie? Because every mm-hmm. five minutes after Vale's introduced, it's, well, she'd make a beautiful wife, basically. Like, oh, she's one of only two blondes in the city. He and wants to go into the Batcave and, like, watch the camera that's in Master Wayne's bedroom. Wasn't she quite lovely? Oh, come on. You know he did. Yeah, Master Wayne, and he's going to masturbate. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, you know Alfred was watching the cameras. Yeah. Oh, good show, When he sir. said he was going to bed, bullshit. Bullshit. He was <laughs> in the Batcave with popcorn and a soda. Watching the cameras. Well, that's what he meant by tidying up in the morning. Yeah. He had a clean. <laughs> well, and he was wearing his Warner Brothers ball cap. That's a, that's a reference for all you VHS tape owners. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
got a little off the rails there. <laughs> More interesting than the date went, frankly, because uh, Alfred tells some childhood stories to Buttervale up. Then they continue their conversation and we leave to go somewhere entirely different. Sketchy looking surgery where the face of a purple suited man is being unveiled. The doctor is terrified, but the man just laughs hysterically. It's Jack Napier, and as he leaves laughing uproariously, it seems that he has been permanently altered by his chemical exposure. Or it could be also the, you know, pizza cutters that that the doctor used on his yeah. face. <laughs> Those are actually extra um, props from Little Shop of Horrors, which starred Ooh, oh, wow. Jack Nicholson. Oh. I didn't know that. Were they were like from the original Little Shop? Yeah, or the yeah, the remake? like the non-musical. You know? Okay, but can we also just go back real quick and say that Bruce Wayne borderline date rapes Vicky Vale? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, he pretended to drink, and he got her so inebriated she wasn't in her right frame of mind, and then just took advantage. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 1989. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's probably accurate. They make out on some stairs, all fade to black. Because you know, you know, he says, oh, "Why are you?" She says, "Why are you afraid of flying?" Uh... I thought for sure that meant they were gonna fly in this movie, but mostly they just sort of zip line around, zip line and grapple and hang. More accurate flirt would have been, "Are you afraid of heights?" Because you're gonna have to do a lot of zip lining in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom is turning in for the night at his office when the elevator doors open dramatically and a hat-wearing, trench-coated figure emerges. It's Jack. Grissom pretends to be happy to see him, but Jack knows what's up. He was set up over a woman, no less, and he is pissed. Grissom tries to bargain his way out, but Jack isn't Jack no more, and he reveals his new white, smiling face and dubs himself the Joker. Yeah, I gotta say, the redos of this movie, like when they've gone in and done like 4K you know, I think the most recent one's a 4K like up-res of it. Mm-hmm. They've ruined this scene oh, because yeah. I remember as a kid watching this on on TV and on VHS, where you couldn't see the Joker's face when he's in shadow, and it was like a thousand times better. But now you watch it, and you can clearly see his face when he's mm-hmm. in the shadow. So you're just like, it's not as good of a reveal anymore mm-hmm. uh, because of that up-resing. But that's also like old man yelling at the sky over that too. Right. And they could have just darkened those they shots could have, yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. They could have done a, a secondary mask on that face and just darkened it up. But I imagine that would have added what, maybe an extra 10 minutes of work on that scene. <laughs> well, Brian, in that, in the, like the, the biggest remastering, did they get rid of the purple smudge on his neck or is it still there? It's still there. The, the problem with it now is that the color correction on it is just ridiculous. Everything is tinted bluish purple. Mm-hmm. And the purple yeah. of the suit doesn't quite stand out as much. Yeah. You lose so much of that good effect. It's just, ah. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Mm-mm. Joker gleefully shoots his old boss as carnival music plays, and so ends Grissom. Vale and Bruce, meanwhile, tuck in for the night. But as the night progresses, Vale wakes up very briefly to the metal squeaking of Bruce hanging upside down like a bat and sleeping in another part of the room. Because he's man bat. <laughs> yeah, this, this is so Tim Burton. It hurts. It's like, well, I, I imagine that he would sleep like a bat because know? he's a bat. He, he's a crazy man. So, what, what, which which comic did you read that in, Tim None. Burton? This is a comic book. <laughs> he's a bat. He also shits on the floor when Little he's upside pellets. down too. Yeah, Little pellets. Which I'm sure Bruce Wayne probably said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think you would see me." 
hanging upside down because you were asleep when I came. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Joker reads the paper about the winged freak terrorizing the city and resolves to do better. He wants to outpress the bats. Then the next morning, Vale invites Bruce to lunch at hers, but he can't make it. He's got business out of town for a few days. Vale goes to leave and says she'll see Alfred and Bruce when they get back, but Alfred lets it slip that they're not going anywhere, and she leaves a little confused. Yeah, but he, he's got sulking to do today. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, Vale wanted to go to lunch on a, on a sulking day, but today's mm. a sulking day. He has to go to one of the four sets that they have. Of yes, he has to go to the one of the four sets to sulk. That's what In it is. It's Tuesday. Four sets. There are, Gotham is primarily made up of alleyways anyway, so they're just yeah. being very economical. <laughs> yes. No wonder right. organized crime just prospered in this place. Yeah, it's just shady alleyways to get around everywhere. They don't even have a transit system. It's just, ah, oh, just follow this shady alley and you'll be fine. <laughs> Alicia Hunt also returns home today and she finds Joker waiting on her couch, seeing him and immediately fainting. You'll never believe what happened to me today. <laughs> so what kind of martini do you guys think he had? Gin or vodka? Oh, he had vodka. Mm, vodka no. Yeah. No. You don't think so? I think Joker's a purist. And a, and a pure martini is a gin martini. Vodka martini's not a real thing. Oh. Well, I'm going this is the 80s slash 40s. So <laughs> that was vodka all the way, man. It's all about being different, about being an artist. You know, he's not bucking to tradition. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's gone with tradition. Maybe Jack had gin martinis, but this is the Joker. He's oh, and he had him stirred, not shaken. You know, Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joker holds a meeting with the rest of the criminal underworld to bring the board of mobsters up to speed. That he is taking control of Grism's operations until the boss, quote unquote, resurfaces. Uh, everyone in this room, a hundred percent, knows he's dead, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody knows he's dead. Okay, yeah, clearly he's dead, and this guy looks like a grinning psychopath. He looks like a grinning psychopath with brown shit all over his face, just yeah. saying, life's been good to me. Uh, you, you know he's dead, right? Like, mm-hmm. why are you even entertaining this? Yeah. Later, we'll see him putting on the movie because he's got, like, a human skin tone and not the, the white makeup that is actually his skin now from the chemical accident so he looks a little bit freaky but only because of the grin that remains no matter what he puts on to cover it up and uh one of the suits asks what happens if they don't agree to let him take over and joker tony tony (laughs) joker feigns no harm no foul but hand buzzers the man to death no room for dissent here (laughs) well tony i don't want to have a war what if we can't do business you just shake hands that'll be it the great thing is, is that everybody just sits there while a man like boils alive, you know, just he catches on fire and ride into a skeleton. And they're all just like, ah, that happened. Well, I mean, listen, th- this isn't like, you know, the PTA. OK, this is this is the <laughs> Gotham's criminal underworld, just all gathered at one table, just like they have for Thanksgiving. And they're used to this sort of thing. Right. Okay? Right. I'm just saying, remember the movie, The Untouchables? Remember when De Niro hits that guy with a baseball bat? All yeah. the guys at the table are like, oh, my God. Oh, fine. This is, oh. You know, but apparently in Gotham, they don't even react like they did in Chicago. Again, in the yeah. again, Gotham's billboard is you will get mugged here. Do you think <laughs> anyone is shocked by anything like that? The fact they're shocked by a man dressed like a bat is the odd thing here. Yeah. You think mm-hmm. they'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's got them. 
bunch of Joker's goons in suits then bust in and point their weapons at the remaining members of the criminal underworld, shuffling them out to think it over. Joker asks his head goon, Bob, to shake down Knox for more information on the Batman. And Joker walks over to the charred corpse of Tony, the suit he just fried, and talks to him about giving the rest of the board a few days to think it over, but ends up in his own conversation deciding that he should just grief them now. So it's curtains for the bad boys of Gotham's underworld, it seems. Yeah. But you know, why I, didn't he just kill them then? He he wasted to do it, like, in public on the steps of the he's courthouse? Insane. He's an artist. He's got to do it theatrically. <laughs> yes. What I do love, and, and this is a behind-the-scenes thing, the way that they did the makeup for that scene and the couple others where he has, like, the face paint on, like, they devised a special way of basically, I think they use like petroleum jelly or something like that. So they had like the white Joker makeup on. They put petroleum jelly over top and then use some kind of like skin colored, like powdered makeup to put over that. So that mm. when you actually see him wipe it, it it's live on camera. And it was a, a really interesting way they were able to, to make that work that had never been done before. See, I thought it would just be easier to have the white makeup on. I had thought that too. Yeah. But like, Mm -hmm. if you look at behind the scenes docs on it, they'll, they'll say like, yeah, to do that makeup effect, we had to, you know, kind of prep it in a way so that he could wipe it and it would look natural Mm. because they all wanted it one take. They want like one shot for that, but it's, it, like, that's the thing is like, as goofy as this movie is, it has some really innovative stuff behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's just awesome production hair and makeup going on right yeah. there. And this movie looks really good uh, in terms of the, the style of it throughout the whole thing. That makeup's just a great prime example of kind of the care and attention that went to it. Uh, as goofy as the time period may be, I, you really buy into the general aesthetic that Gotham and everyone living in it is really committed to um, throughout the costumes and general. That's why Ant the first won an Academy Award for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Jack showed up to set that day hungover because it was the Lakers game the night before and went, wait, <laughs> I thought I didn't have to go to the makeup chair today. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to the Globe offices where Vale gets the file on Bruce Wayne from Knox, but it's got nothing in it that's worth anything. And Knox is annoyed that she's so caught up on Bruce because he is all in on Batman and hitting on her. So who cares about Bruce Wayne? He's very intimidated by uh, billionaire boners. He's like, but, that, <laughs> but I want to harass her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Knox. Let's be honest here. Knox is kind of a he's he's kind of a C squad in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was right? pretty like, surprised he survived to the end of the movie. <laughs> well, he originally died, and the test audiences didn't like that. So the mm. scene where he's talking to Vicky Vale at the end of the movie is like. What about your picture of Batman? What about us? You know, like that was a reshoot because the audience oh. were like, we like, we like Knox. He's funny. Don't kill I don't him. I like Knox. I don't like him. <laughs> never like, I never liked Knox. Just thought he was annoying. He's the comic relief. You know, yeah. that's probably why I laughed when he got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the world is just so bizarre. They're like, we need somebody that the audience can go. <laughs> yeah. That guy knows how crazy all this shit is, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. He's kind of the straight man to the entirety of Gotham. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Vale <laughs> <laughs> goes to tail Bruce as he leaves Wayne Manor and through the streets of Gotham straight into the decrepit alley where he leaves two roses, conveniently at the same alley that the young boy and his parents were walking through at the beginning of this movie. Meanwhile, Knox and the other reporters gather outside City Hall as the bad goons who run the city exit, having just taken over the operation of Grissom's businesses until he returns. 
Also in the crowd, Wayne and Vale. As the mm-hmm. conference continues, a strange mime makes his way over towards the crowd right past Bruce. Bob also there, snapping pictures of all of the key players of this movie. I was just going to say, I love Bob. He's just, <laughs> why is he there? He's got a high-tech camera. Yeah, an 80s 90s, camera. A 1980s camera at a 40s press conference. Well, I love, too, it's like, well... Do you think it should just be like the Joker's goons uh, in normal street clothes to blend in? And Tim Burton's like, no, no, mimes. <laughs> Why? Because I'm Tim Burton and I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I like to think that Bob has like aspirations of being a proper photographer. And that's why oh, he was taking pictures of Vicki Vale and, as well. Because up till now, there's no reason for her to really be included in this. Yeah, I could have been somebody. Bob I could have been a contender. Let's yeah. be honest here. Bob goes to night school. He's working on on getting his GED, so he can he can open his own criminal restaurant. No, no, no. You know what he's uh, you know what he was looking to get a degree in what uh, forensic like to work with dead bodies because because oh. that's the him in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. oh nice. <laughs> As the board claimed to have a perfectly legitimate signature from Grissom, allowing them to take over, Joker, dressed to the mimes, makes himself known and backs their statement of legitimacy up as he was there when the dead man signed with a pen promptly used to murder the leader of the suits. Joker doing his little pen throwing here, and he declares the pen mightier than the sword as gunfire breaks out and a car full of mimes takes off, leaving Bruce dumbfounded as he has managed to walk over and stare directly through the window at the Joker. Well, not even that. The man gets shot in the shoulder. <laughs> I think it, no, I think it grazed him. I don't think the bullet actually it went in. It literally did a ricochet sound. <laughs> <laughs> because when he gets back home, he's not like, hey, Alfred, can you pry this bullet out of me before it gives me lead poisoning? It ricocheted, because <laughs> you know he's wearing body armor under that. Like, he, you know. Yeah. It's sulking day, but he's still billionaire Bruce Wayne. So, you know, he's still got to wear He was going into an alleyway in Gotham, as is a risk yeah. every single day for anyone who walks around he knows. Gotham. He knows. He knows. He knows the billboard. Um, but, yeah, like, like you know, he, he knows that. But I just love the fact that, like, when I was a kid, I remember watching this, like, did he get a ricochet off his shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's got, like, a metal plate in his shoulder, you know, old injury. Totally, but like the fact that no one seems to like be freaking out until the moment guns show up at the press conference is what drives me nuts about this. Like, you've got mimes everywhere. You've got the Joker in weird clothes miming. Everyone's just like, "Oh, let's listen to this person who seems this to psychopath know. clown, this psychopath yeah. who said he was there and saw him sign the thing." But no one seems to care. It's not until the guns go off that the people seem to care. Mm-mm. And with that, with that stab to the throat have actually killed him immediately oh yeah i don't know if it would have i mean he would have died probably eventually if he hadn't gotten proper medical treatment but you can get a cut to your throat as long as it's not too deep you can live this is oh, a that movie pen might have been pretty in there. <laughs> maybe it was poison it was poison and it was sharp and pointy yeah <laughs> On the news, the mayor and Harvey Dent tried to dissuade any concerns about this gang war affecting the celebration for the city because this mayor has so much concern for this 200th birthday celebration and so little concern about the rest of Gotham. Uh, And they have no comment about the Batman. It's just another day in Gotham, folks. Mimes shooting up places. (laughs) Mobsters being killed out in public. It's just another day. Please, please keep coming to the 200th anniversary celebration. Ain't some hot dogs. Hot dogs, (laughs) balloons, the whole schmear for our Jewish people. 
I do think that this guy is, and for those of you who don't remember your 80s New York City mayors, yeah. uh, Google him. I, do, I think this is a mockery of Ed Koch. I, I think mm. so. If you just heard that, dear listener, pause the episode and just look and Google <laughs> Ed Koch and then come back to us. He, he does kind of look a lot like Ed Koch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This report also draws the ire of the Joker who grows annoyed by Batman getting all of his press. I love well, this. He, like... he breaks the TV. <laughs> With a little extendable uh, boxing glove on it. <laughs> well, let's be honest here. The Joker hates TVs in this movie mm-hmm. because he destroys two of them because he does, he's like lost the remote to turn it off. Any TV that he's not on, he is not a fan of. Well, yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, Harvey Dent's on TV. He gets mad. at He doesn't destroy that one because bah, he's mad at that <laughs> TV, too. I think he just has a problem with uh, catheter tubes. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't like them. <laughs> I also kind of love this like motivation for the Joker and Batman to be mortal enemies for a good portion of the movie. The only reason that they're really at odds is the Joker is doing crime and mad that Batman is often taking over some of the airtime that he would have gotten or the coverage of his crimes more so than the Batman has stopped his plan. It's well, they're all talking about the Batman and not me. I want my attention. I want my press. He needs his press. He's the vainest Joker and the horniest Joker. <laughs> you're right there mm-hmm. bruce returns home and alfred tells him that Vale called concerned uh alfred sure likes having her around and he wants bruce to reveal something to her but what could it be meanwhile bruce just found out that, that Jack he's pansexual still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> bruce also asks for all the information on jack as he's found out that he's still alive so alfred heads off to get him all the info the police have on how jack <laughs> how does he get this hi i'm the butler for an eccentric billionaire bruce wayne please give me your police files maybe there's also a butler that the gotham city police have and they're just like there's this whole network of gotham city butlers a network of butlers <laughs> That would be awesome. That could be a spinoff for HBO Max, right? Yeah. Well, they have the Pennyworth show. They oh, do that, have the Pennyworth show. Did you Did you guys ever watch that? No. no. Oh, it's really good. Like, oh, I is was, it? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it actually is. It's completely off the walls goofy, and they start off it with it basically trying to align with the comic books, but basically after about the fifth episode, they go completely off the rails. But it's really, really good. Hmm. I, I suggest watching it, although they they – they uh, canceled it recently, so there's only three seasons of it, but it's really good. All right. Well, mm-hmm. listeners, you got another recommendation coming out of this podcast. <laughs> Vicky, meanwhile, calls Knox and has him look into the alley where Bruce laid down the flowers earlier, the corner of Pearl and Phillips Street, then returns to studying pictures she took of Bruce walking at Joker's, yeah. a file on a CIA discontinued nerve gas along with photos of smiling victims is laid out all over the floor as he makes a collage of many other photos and magazines. It's listen, it's craft time. It's craft time. It's craft time. It's craft time at Joker's Lair. Night at Joker's Lair. He's an artist. He's an artist. And like the previous night was macaroni pictures. Today it is, you know, a collage. He's very (laughs) proficient in science, chemistry and art. Yes. And macaroni pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Bob delivers some photos of Knox, who Joker deems unimpressive, and Vale, who he is immediately smitten with and adds to his collage. Uh, of course, as one of the blonde women of Gotham. There's only two. <laughs> and only Joker, two. 
It has a mind to make a Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you. I knew you were gonna bring it up. I'm. A, gonna bring it I'm up. of a mind make a Mookie. <laughs> I'm of a mimes makes a Mookie. I, I does anyone know what he actually means? I'm Not of a, a mind. He's basically saying I'm of a mind to make a Mookie, which I'm assuming Mookie is some like Californian term for jizz. I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I listen, well, maybe I was, he realized was, he couldn't actually use a jizz reference in, in a PG-13 movie, so he just made up a word. I, I, well, you know what? Here's the thing is, is I go back to the director on this one. Like, what the hell was Tim Burton thinking? Like, hey, he needs to say something weird, but, you know, Mookie or Moogie or whatever the hell he says, that that's going to be it. Like, I, for me, it just says, why couldn't you just say, like, I'm of a mind to make a move? Bob's like, dude. <laughs> Bob's just like, I got to get to night class, man. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm tardy again, they're going to knock me a letter grade. Can I have those photos back? They're part of my portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> I need the negatives. I got to print more. Back at Access Chemicals, a scientist is shipping vials of something at the behest of the Joker when action news goes on the air. Sudden deaths reported in the fashion world of girls with smiles just like Jokers. Uh, their deaths are attributed to an allergic <laughs> reaction, and the news moves on to the 200th bash, which is definitely still happening, when a breaking bulletin <laughs> arrives. <laughs> Three more deaths at a beauty parlor. The female anchor, Becky, just can't stop laughing about all of this, and suddenly collapses as the Joker hacks into the feed and airs his own segment. To be fair, to be fair. If you lived in Gotham and every night on the news was murder, chaos, and oh yeah, the mayor's saying everything's fine, I also would be laughing my ass off. <laughs> hey, there's going to be like little chopped onions and relish for the hot dogs. That's the thing. I mean, come on. <laughs> Living. But I, I'm just saying, like, when she started laughing, I'm just like, eh, I'd be laughing too. The sudden deaths of models Candy Walker and Amanda Keeler. <laughs> I, I do have to say the Joker put us a lot of production value into it. Oh, yeah. He's got his advertisement for his Joker products that include the new ingredient Smilex and like he uses the images of the two models that were his first victims. Love that Joker. There's some production quality on this advertisement. I love that sequence. I, in grad school, I we had to do a um, like kinetic text assignment mm -hmm. and I used that scene for my kinetic text and john you remember that one? Oh yeah yeah oh man new and approved joker products with a new secret ingredient smiley <laughs> i like that joker even has his own bumper at the end but yeah he right. does <laughs> yeah. he's an artist <laughs> he's so committed to his craft he also warns the audience that the smilex may be in products they've bought already Bruce, too, sees this broadcast as Alfred delivers the files on Jack Napier. Jack apparently had an aptitude for chemistry, science, and art, as well as being very unstable. The chemistry bit grabs Bruce's attention, and he and Alfred go shopping. I would have thought the art bit would have been more out of yeah. place in that lineup. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I understood why they put the chemistry thing in, because we had to explain that the Joker knows chemicals, but mm -hmm. like we don't ever see him mixing shit together. Like he's just, no. he's just overseeing Axis chemicals and seeing some, you know, doctor on the, on the line who's, or some, not doctor, but just some poor schmuck he got in Axis chemicals, dumping chemicals in. So like, does he really need to, to be said as, Oh, well he, 
He's a chemic. He has an aptitude for chemistry. Eh. No. Yeah, because how else did he know how to make these lethal combinations of of chemicals unless he is prone to chemistry? Or it could be that he just has someone in his, you know, he does have world a secret that that. CIA file of the discontinued nerve gas. Yeah, discontinued, yeah. not classified. Listen, that, Bob the goon could have de- decoded that thing for him. Maybe Bob's getting a degree in chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but no, but that's the that's the launching point. That's the Eureka. Let's mm-hmm. go go find what he, how he's doing this to people. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Joker's cosmetics tampering has resulted in even more deaths as time goes on, and the new female news anchor uh, is not wearing any makeup in the subsequent sequences. Neither oh, is the male awesome one. The male detail. one isn't either. It's glorious. <laughs> he's got like a big wart on his face. It's awesome. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me when like broadcast television went hd for the first time and like news anchors were like holy crap i have to look decent because like <laughs> you remember when it, when hd first happened and everyone who was doing the news was like oh crap you can all see all the flaws in my face like i remember you could see like lines where makeup was at on people's faces and that's 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 what this scene reminds me of mm-hmm. <laughs> i just like i thought it was a good attention to detail for uh <laughs> the sake of like of course if People are dying from all of their cosmetic products randomly. You're not going to want to wear it on the daily anymore. Can't wear it. Can't go shower. This probably smelling. Because you don't know what, what's in it. Hey, this isn't Batman Begins. It's not steam based. <laughs> it's <not> steam based. <laughs> uh, the news continues coverage of the Joker strain of shopping product tampering. So far, there's been no pattern and there's no solution. The mayor, meanwhile, is only concerned with the festival, berating Dent about filling the streets with celebrating Gothamites instead of dealing with the chemical crisis that seems to be killing off said Gothamites. Well, look at this way. At, like, a celebration in the streets, you're not going to be using shampoo. It's true. That's true. (laughs) You won't be wearing deodorant in the streets. You're going to be putting it on. Oh, man, the Gothamites probably smell so bad. I'm telling you. Well, on top of that, like, we do know that Gotham has a garbage problem, right? Like, there's garbage in every alleyway, and we know that all of Gotham is nothing but alleyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of shit in garbage all over the place. It's an ash labyrinth. You know? it's, it really is. That's another one of the little uh, disclaimers on the billboard when you're going in. It's in smaller font, so it's harder to see, but <laughs> kind of stinky here is a kinda warning. stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce gets a message from Vicky saying that she'll be 10 minutes late to meeting him at the museum, but Bruce and her didn't have any plans to meet up. What could this mean? Joker, meanwhile, is putting on his makeup to look like a normal skin tone, uh, while Alicia behind him in a mask is asking where he's going. But he just says he's off to make some art. He's I, I got a question about some this. Art, uh-huh. art, darling. How did Joker know that Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale like knew each other? Bob the Goon. Bob the Goon. He With took photos of them. Well, he he said he said Vale's dating some guy named Wayne. Oh God, John! Yeah, okay, that's Come my on, bad, John. everybody. That's my bad, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> guy named Wayne. First of all, Bob, you live in Gotham. You know yeah, some who guy Wayne named is. Wayne. You know who Bruce Wayne is. Everybody knows who Bruce Wayne is. <laughs> they just don't know what he looks like. Apparently, Mm-mm. he's a recluse. He lives in that big old house with that giant dining table for no reason. Yeah, yeah, but we have a picture of him hanging out front <laughs> of the press conference. <laughs> At the museum, Vicky goes to the museum cafe that's right at the entrance and is seated at Mr. Wayne's table, though he hasn't arrived yet. Some time passes as she's left sitting and waiting, thinking maybe she got stood up when a gift arrives for her with some bright pink and green ribbon and a message on the outside. 
urgent. Inside is a colorful gas mask and another note instructing her to put it on right now. Just then, purple gas starts streaming into the museum, sending everyone else there uh, into laughing and coughing fits and collapsing as she... Oh, they're dead. Oh, yeah. Full, full they're, on they're dead. Totally dead. Everybody's <laughs> dead. Hey, everybody says the Heath Ledger Joker is like sinister and evil. I I don't think he can even come close to the death count that Jack no. Nicholson's Joker does. Yeah. Like he just is just like, hey, you know, innocent people in a museum. I'm going to kill them all because I want to have a date with Vicky. Yeah, I'm going to kill 75 <laughs> people. Yeah. yeah. Walking in through the mist is said Joker and his various goons. They play Prince's Party Man on a boombox and dance through the Classic. museum, painting over Classic. the paintings. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't mind Prince in this movie. I know a lot of people are like, oh, horribly dates. I don't think so. I love I don't. Yeah, I think I Prince it. is timeless. I like it. This is actually, I believe, our second Prince song because at the beginning of the movie, going way back to when they're yep. trying to get a taxi, you hear one of the Prince soundtrack songs in some kid's boombox. Yep. Mm. The so, think about the future song. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is the second of the Prince uh, songs that he so contributed. I also love that he's just decking out the art with some spray paint. He's instructing his goons to add to the paintings as he sees fit. There is one painting of some death and destruction that he deems good enough already. He likes it. I kind of like this one, Bob. Leave it. (laughs) Joker makes his way up to the museum restaurant where Vicky is still sitting with the mask on. Joker takes a seat across from her and tells her she can take off the mask now as he switches the music on the boombox to something more romantic and begins to flip through her portfolio, calling all of the fashion photos crap, crap, and crap. But the photos from her time in photographing the Corto Maltese revolution actually attract his attention as he enjoys the pictures of the dead and the dying. He's a bit of a fan now. The bodies. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Joker is not wrong. Like, a lot of her work <laughs> is crap. <laughs> it's very like we need a portfolio for one shot in this movie. So can someone go make yeah. some fake fashion photos in the art department? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, 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 it is not as good as the bodies in Corto Maltese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joker tells her he is destined for greatness because concerns over attractiveness are now behind him. And he is the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist. Joker tells her to take pictures and record his work, showing her Alicia, who emerges and removes her mask to display the scars all over one side of her face. The shock of this sends Vicky reeling backwards, but she maintains enough composure to ask what she can do for him. And Joker asks her about the Batman, though she claims to know nothing. I gotta say, they could have totally made it much worse of a wound yeah. on Alicia's face. Like, she's still pretty. Mm-hmm. Just she's got hey. like the family opera thing going on. Brian, mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't upset the uh, the ratings board. You know, oh, they probably no, want to come back thirty was, times. With well, let's be honest here, it was Peter Gruber saying yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> don't make her too ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we still want the audience to get boners. Yeah, yeah. The producers of the of this movie are uh, notoriously crazy. Yeah, but did Joker do something to her brain? Because her performance changes. I, after... I mean, I think traumatized. Yeah, I think it's that she was this like beauty queen and now she's been marred. So it, I think it's more of like an internal. I, she was only one of two blondes in all of Gotham. <laughs> only two you know? blondes in all of well, Gotham. Well, they, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer used to take like a very fine power tool to the, somebody's brain so they the air would get in their brains and turn them to human zombies. I just wondered if Joker did something similar because she's like, 
Yeah, he said I could watch you through the paintings. Like, something's wrong with her. That's not the same performance as earlier in the movie. I think he poured some fucking, like, acid in her ear or something. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it could have been. That's you possible. never know. Joker then comes on to Vicky, but she runs away from his acid lapel flower and throws water on him. <laughs> <laughs> he does the whole, like, fake I'm melting routine from uh, The Wizard of Oz until... Yeah. Batman once more descends from a high place and lands in the midst of the scuffle. <laughs> well, he knew he was late for the date, so he was like, well, <laughs> I gotta show up. I gotta make an entrance. <laughs> Your entrance was good. His was better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I can count on this museum having a skylight perfectly over the Absolutely. one spot in the building I need to be. <laughs> yeah. Using a zipline, he zips Vicky out of the museum and into the Batmobile, which gets the glory shot that it rightfully deserves. <laughs> it is the best car it's of awesome. all time. <laughs> I, you know what? It, here's the thing. I have a friend who does demolition derby cars. His name's Jason Sauer. And he, he asked me, he's like, what do you think is the greatest car of all time? And I said, it's the 89 Batmobile. It's like, I don't care. Like if, if, if I ever had, it came into like a ridiculous sum of money after paying like student loans and like buying a house and I had leftover, it would go to like procuring an 89 Batmobile as a daily driver because it's a glorious car. Well, here's a, here's a fun story about the car. Like they spent like six months building this thing and like, yeah. you know, and just modeling all this stuff around the, mm -hmm. you know, actual outline of a car. And they went they went to show like the producers like, Ta -da, hi, what do you think? And they went, that's amazing. How's he get in it? And they went, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh they doors on it. And, and and another fun fact is that his normal cow is the ears are too tall yeah. for the car. So they had to create a special cow for him for when he's in the car. <laughs> and he's not actually driving it either. They have like a seat behind the, the Batmobile, that, mm. behind the cockpit that actually someone was driving. Well, the poor son of a Michael Keaton doesn't have any fucking peripheral vision. No. <laughs> and he can't hear. Yeah, he can't hear anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hazard to the drivers on the road at that point. Yeah. <laughs> the Batman is as likely to take you out as anyone, any other car. <laughs> Joker sedans. They're, yeah, yep. sure, there's a bunch of them, and they're not very I mean, traffic laws, but the Batman we, can't see it. <laughs> we, we've already decided that there's nothing but alleyways in all of Gotham City. <laughs> so how, is, how is that car going to not kill somebody? There's like two roads oh, no, it no. can drive on max. There's only so many ways you can go. There are only two roads. <laughs> two roads, a bunch of alleyways. Once you get outside of the city, then it's all dirt roads. But yeah, yeah you know. Then you're cruising, but uh, you're cruising. through the Tim Burton forest. <laughs> Tim Burton forest. Oh, we love a Tim Burton forest. There, there had to be one. I was just waiting this whole movie. I'm like, where's the forest? I know there's somewhere in here, Tim Burton. Jack Skellington's going to pop out and you're <laughs> going to see like the Halloween land th stuff there. Joker's goons are in hot pursuit of them as the engines of the Batmobile fire up. And soon the streets are full of Batmobile and Joker themed sedans alike because they have painted them all purple and green, which is also great. Batman uses his array of car-based gadgets to lose them and cause a massive pileup, eventually stopping just short of a construction zone and just abandoning <laughs> the Batmobile in the middle of the street as he and Vicky run into one of the many alleyways of Gotham. Because no one's going to steal the Batmobile at all, right? No. Like, well, no at least there's repercussions. Like, they, he does get towed. You know, I mean, <laughs> while he's about to get towed. <laughs> yeah, he's about to get towed. He has uh, like a remote voice control for the car where he can tell it to like put the shields up and then it just becomes. Yeah, it has a Tim Burton shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is just in the middle of one of Gotham's two roads. The 
Joker goons catch up to them in the alley, but Batman uses his zipline grappling hook to pull him and Vicky up out of the way. They make it about halfway up before they slow down. So he gives her the handle and lets go, sending her ricocheting up to the top of the building uh, as he tumbles down into the trash. He also fat shames her in this scene. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> she almost got him killed. I understand. <laughs> well, I'm just saying he's like, I thought you only weighed 108. Fuck you, no, You Batman. weigh a little more than 108. I.e., thanks a lot, because now I have bruised, <laughs> bruised ribs and I got shot. <laughs> I feel like to be fair, he's fucking Batman. Though, he was gonna have to fight on the ground anyway. Yeah, because if she was like, "I weigh 129 pounds," he'd been like, "Well, I guess you're gonna hide behind that garbage over there while I fight." (laughs) (laughs) While I turn into a stunt double to fight, because (laughs) it's really obvious that that's a stunt double. Batman seems to be knocked out and the goons are about to remove his mask, but the flash of Vicky's camera going off distracts them and Bats gets up and does his thing or his stunt double does uh, while Vicky, newspaper photographer, does hers. One of the goons wields two swords and gets taken out by a single bat kick. <laughs> of course, the Indiana Jones, the Raiders scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> this movie loves to have like one or two goons in every fight that have a distinct weapon they use and last for a very long time, whereas everyone else will get taken out in about 20 seconds well well, i was gonna say like batman can only handle one goon at a time like (laughs) like this this batman is not like you know bale's batman that if you know multiple goons are around you he can take him Mm. he only can do one at a time yeah (laughs) he's in a gimp outfit and he can't turn his head what do you want i know i'm just saying like it's one goon at a time like no one else is gonna try to get in on this it's like okay well you with the knives you go first bob you go second you know, gun guy with the glasses, you go next. It's, it's you know, the, the tact is all wrong on the Joker's men. Mm-hmm. Bob flees the scene, seeing that all the goons are getting what for, and Bats remotely directs his car to drive away because it is fully self-automated. Eat your heart out, Elon Musk. And uh, the police <laughs> are in hot pursuit. <laughs> and it stops right in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, he's got some balls on him. Mm-hmm. There's a nice um, error here if you he, if you watch a scene he he talks into his little voice ad division thing he says stop lowers his arm and then the next shot he has it back up to his mouth again as the car stops mm-hmm. ah, continuity continuity <laughs> Vicky and Bats reach the ground and get into the Batmobile and this is when they drive off through Tim Burton's favorite Spooky Woods just in case you forgot he was the director of this movie and then they. <laughs> They drive through Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And yeah. Hit Jackson Nightmare Ellington Before Christmas. And, yeah. yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them show up. You know. mm-hmm. They enter a secret cave entrance and drive straight into the Bat Cave. When bats hit the lights, if you could call it that, they disturb all the bats hanging around who always go crazy. <laughs> well, well, you know that that Batman only brought Vicky over because he knew that Alfred had cleaned the Bat mm. Cave earlier <laughs> that night. Because, as I said, there is no way there is not bat shit everywhere. Think of the guano. The so much guano. Why does that one bat have to be in a cage? All the other bats are like yeah. laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fuck you, bat. You're in the cage. Like, <laughs> we get to hang out bat. everywhere. <laughs> Maybe that's the bat that he was doing all the experiments on with the, like, perfumes and makeups he was like oh, put lipstick on the bat and shit <laughs> or maybe hair. maybe yeah. oh you know what that bat was that was the bat that like freaked him out when he was a mm. kid how long do bats live i don't know 
Like <laughs> Let's or say like 100 turtles. years. 100 years. Yeah, why not? Who yeah. cares? Don't Google us and tell us we're wrong. 100 years. <laughs> but by the way, where's the fucking guardrail for the fucking Batmobile? You don't need then, a guardrail. Right? I think that this is he doesn't not drink. Because he has to always be hyper vigilant for crime. I think he's afraid of driving that Batmobile right into the <laughs> abyss of nothing. I mean, it's seriously like y- you figure there's there's no like tennis ball attached to the bat ceiling, yeah. right? Like there's no tennis ball to hit. Like you know you know when you go to like park your car into a garage that some people will put a string attached to a piece of t- a tennis ball, and they know that if they hit the tennis ball that they're they're they've got enough clearance. He can't mount that anywhere there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> One of the bats could, I guess, have it on them, but I, that, that's going to be flying around. That's not a good measurement of distance. No, it's not. It's not. That bat cave is not OSHA compliant. <laughs> I don't think Batman cares. <laughs> up in his little control center in the bat cave, Batman powers up his computers and explains that the police have got it wrong. It's not just one product that's been poisoned. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the police are incompetent and corrupt? Well, you see, uh, Mr. Gordon, I've eaten Pantene Pro-V and uh, Head and Shoulders, and all I've done is thrown up. Uh, they didn't make me turn into a joke. <laughs> uh, uh, it seems that every product has been poisoned at the source, and the reason it's only reacting randomly is because you have to combine certain products in order to combine certain chemicals to get it to activate the Smilex. So using like foundation and lipstick and mascara activates the Smilex, but just one of each of them wouldn't. Ah, uh, if you put shampoo and conditioner in, that would activate the Smilex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the crunchy hippies of like Gotham are safe. Like, oh, like, fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, none of us died, man. <laughs> That's why all the punk rockers are still alive and, and, yeah. and kicking, right? Yeah. yeah. Just in time. They don't do parade. hygiene. <laughs> Bats gives her a brief to take to the press, and she's a little worried about people not believing him because they're as afraid of the Batman as they are of the Joker, which, to be fair, so far he has been a menacing bat figure who has clogged up the one of two streets in Gotham, so I kind of get where they're coming (laughs) from on that one. She then asks why he brought her here. He could have dropped her off or dropped this report off at any time to the press himself, and he explains there's something else he wants from her. But then whooshes his cape and a bunch of bats transition us away before we find out. Let's what it be is. honest here. Let's be honest here. He knocked her out. He roofied her. He roofied her and then he stuck his bat hand down her chest and grabbed the the film. Yeah, they did not want to show that on camera. Could you imagine mm-hmm. like Batman knocks her out and then just starts like fondling her boobs? But I'm like- just saying, like, <laughs> that's that's totally what happened, right? Like, like yeah. we can all agree with that, right? Yeah, well, because she grabs her chest and goes, ah, he took the film. She hit it in her bra, which makes sense, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously only a huge super creep would assume that that's where only the, billionaire the, the playboys would know yeah. that, especially one that maybe already had slept with her at one time. Oh, maybe wink, wink. when they when they went to have sex, he like took her bra off and, and she went, oh, sorry, there's a roll of film in there. I, I do tend that to sometimes. keep that, my rolls of film there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, waking up later, Vale is in her apartment, sans camera film when Knox calls to check on her. She's got a hot story for him. It's Batman cracking the Joker's poison code. By the evening edition, Joker's poison code info is on the airwaves of Gotham and the crisis seems to be over. Joker, seeing this, is immensely displeased with the bat. And Batman getting all of his airtime. I have given a name to my pain. It is Batman. 
Batman. <laughs> and destroys another TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dangerous to be a TV in Gotham. It, yeah, <laughs> you do not want to be a television. I bet the guy at like Radio Shack knows like Bob by name. Hey, Bob, you're back. Uh, You want another TV? Yeah, I need another TV. My boss keeps breaking them. He's like, oh, I'll tell you, I'm so glad I got out of the Italian cooking and I wanted to do the Radio Shack business. You you keep me afloat. Well, imagine imagine how the Joker feels when he watches Jeopardy and gets every answer wrong. (laughs) He gets double Jeopardy wrong. Yeah, just like. At, like when it's Jeopardy, it's just like he's just going through TVs like it's candy. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred and Bruce then chat in the Batcave. Alfred seeming concerned that Bruce isn't telling Miss Vale the truth once again. Bruce then goes to visit Vale at her place, though she isn't super excited to see him for fairly understandable reasons. Before he can explain, she goes off on him about lying, about leaving town and ignoring her. Eventually, he does get a word in edgewise and after a moment's pause, explains that he leads a different, complex life and after stumbling around the point for a while, gets interrupted by someone at the door before he can say, I'm Batman. I gotta say, like, this conversation between Bruce and Vale is just annoying as all hell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, she's like, you didn't call me? You didn't say that? And it's like, uh, yeah, because I'm Batman. Well, the thing is, Brian, like, she's, like, supermodel pretty. So this has never happened to her before. Oh. You know, like, a one. This like, isn't how like, blonde women in Gotham get treated. There's only yeah. two. Yeah. And, you I, know. And the thing is, like, I mean, look, he gave you the one night stand. You don't need to stalk him for half a movie. You know? I mean, uh, she did kind of stalk him. And, I mean, look, I know that. Knox is not the most attractive man in the world, but he would treat her like a queen. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Knox would give her breakfast in bed, and he would ask before rifling through her shirt for a film. He's yeah. already offered to buy her several meals in the course of this. Yes. <laughs> Vale, can I get in your shirt to get the film? Vale. I promise I won't gas you like your ex-boyfriend <laughs> Batman. Yeah. Uh, but who's at the door interrupting this particularly awkward exchange? But the Joker. He's here with some of his goons and a gift. Joker is mad that she fled from dinner with the Batman. And recently, his other blonde woman, Alicia, threw herself out of a window. So he's been having a hard go of it, being blonde womanless in Gotham. I mean, there's only now one blonde woman in all of Gotham. It did I make mean... it much, much easier to keep track of who yeah. we threw throughout the <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like there's a blonde woman tender for Gotham. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. that's it. Brian, how do you feel about the snap zoom when he punches the uh the mask? <laughs> do, do you snap zoom. Yeah, cuz they they snap zoom <laughs> when he punches the mask. I'm always kind of like, "Ooh, snap zoom, huh?" Oh. I mean, that's Tim Burton, man. Mm. <laughs> that's all I got to go with. It's Tim Burton. Okay. Cuz the first thing you're told yeah. like day 5 of undergrad film school is don't use the zoom buttons don't ever. use the zoom yeah. button you are not allowed to touch it it's not there just pretend it does not exist <laughs> yes i'm glad that all three of us were told that same lesson <laughs> don't use the zoom button what about no never what about oceans no not oceans oceans 11 12 13 they don't exist uh uh, it's at this moment that the Joker also notices that Bruce is in the room. Uh, he's been sort of skulking about in the background, going unknown. He's kind of an expert at skulking. Yes, it's something of a profession of his. Oh, no, see, I, see, guys, I saw an alternative version of this where 
Batman escapes out Vicky Vale's uh, bedroom window, waits for the Joker to leave, gets on in his bad outfit, gets on a horse and starts chasing oh, the cars shit. Yeah. Uh, of the Joker. <laughs> and then they crash the car into a circus and end up killing uh, Dick Grayson's parents. Oh, wait. That's like draft 93 of this that never yes. made it to <laughs> the script. I forgot. I mean, I forgot that's how Batman got on a horse. <laughs> but anyways, that never actually happened. That got edited out during the screenplay I'm, stage. I'm glad Oof. because this is much better. Yes. <laughs> much more subdued in some ways. Bruce whispers to the Joker that he knows who he is and then tells the room all about Jack while getting closer and closer to the fireplace poker. Bruce then smashes a vase with the poker and shouts, you want to get nuts before being promptly shot for his trouble by the Joker. The Joker also drops uh, a line that will be repeated. Do you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight something he apparently likes to say to all his victims before he shoots them except Eckhart except Eckhart yeah he didn't do, yep. it, do it to him yeah. Eckhart did not get or, anyone prior or Grissom to the scene. or yep. Grissom or, or Tony he or Tony. Tony yeah yeah <laughs> or that mobster outside of City Hall like it, he's, he's really inconsistent Mm-hmm. on his things that he says he does he was a new joker at that point he was still figuring out the branding like ah, what the identity was gonna be he was workshopping on it yeah you know it's, yeah. it's like that one kid who comes back to school and like in late august with a new haircut and a pair of nunchucks <laughs> and he's like this is who i am now it's like oh okay it's like no you you're had still a weird jeff. summer yeah you're still jeff <laughs> you you ate your boogers last year okay just because you got nunchucks and a cool haircut now you're wearing baggy jeans doesn't erase the fact that last spring, you were eating boogers. Your frosted tips don't change who you are on the inside. Yeah. That's right. By the way, Bruce Wayne basically admits that he's Batman in this scene. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it's like, okay, somebody who was going to be Batman would have to be rich and have a lot of free time. Well, okay, that'd be Bruce Wayne. And yeah. he goes, Bruce Wayne, Nespa, i.e., am I correct? And he goes, most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes yeah, it's like, I'm Batman. Yeah, it's like, oh, so you're, you are Batman. Okay. You're about the same height I've heard of what the Batman looks like. Yeah, that makes sense. Your jaw (laughs) looks very Batman-esque. Yeah. Your home seems to be decorated in a very Batman-esque aesthetic. Can't take that away from you. Yeah. And Vicky Vale's like, yeah, you slept upside down like a bat. I remember because I woke up. This is while she's this is while she's eating popcorn, by the way, because she grabs a bowl of popcorn while they're arguing. Yeah, well, she needs something to drop in a dramatic fashion. <laughs> I also love Joker just, he shoots Bruce, Vicky screams, uh, and he just leaves. He's like, all right, my work is like, done. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm good. We're good. He's not, well, he's totally not Batman. He just committed murder. He's got to flee. <laughs> but I expected him to take like Vicky with him or something at this point. No, no, no. He's just, he's just got to make a point. Well, he was there to say, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Uh, And you know what? Let's get brunch next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. I've got some plans. Pick you up. He's got some (laughs) plans for the 200th birthday celebration. Yeah, I got to get past that that shit. I I heard they're going to have a parade. There might be a parade and a float and some money. And she's like, Mm -hmm. no, Joker's like, actually, I just have to go to town for a while. And Vicky's like, what's wrong? Vicky rushes to help Bruce, but he's gone. Only a dented silver tray in his place. I guess he had makeshift bullet protection. I think that would not. They work. did. There was a pickup shot where he picks it up and goes, ha ha. He has that look in his eye. Like, hey, hey, hey. Hopefully he doesn't shoot me in the face. Ha, ha. <laughs> or the arm. 
Yeah. Or the groin. Or the groin. Yeah. Robocop style, baby. Opening the package, the Joker left is a jack-in-the-box hand holding a bouquet of dead flowers, which causes Vicky to scream one more time. Because Burton get a Burton. Mm-hmm. Burton got a Burton. At the Globe offices, Knox tells Vale all about Bruce Wayne's parents' murder in the alley where he left the flowers. How do they not know? The <laughs> How do they not know? The richest, most famous man in Gotham City was gunned down and his wife in an alleyway, making a billionaire orphan. How do they not know? You'd imagine it'd be the only thing anyone knew about Bruce. Yeah. Because he seems to be doing quiet philanthropy otherwise. Like, of course, the only thing you would know about him is the story from when he saw his parents murdered in an alleyway. I mean, mean, that's that's the thing is, like, it's probably common knowledge that this occurred. So I don't understand why a newspaper reporter would be surprised by all this shit. Mm-hmm. And by the way, is Thomas Wayne, is he a surgeon or the head of OCP? Because it seems like they want to have it's, their cake well, and eat it too. Well, 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 John, it, yeah. it depends. Like he's he's kind of always been a doctor, but that at the same time also owns like Wayne Enterprises. So it's like his his family owns it, owns Wayne Enterprises, but he's like actually a doctor. So it's a big mixture of both. Whatever's going on. Tommy Wayne. <laughs> You know, he's a ja- he was a jack of all trades. If you watch Pennyworth, he's actually a CIA spy. Oh, in that, in that, in that series. Yeah. Him and his, and his wife, Martha, are CIA operatives working in London. Why not? Yeah. More nods to Pennyworth. <laughs> That's right. Bruce, meanwhile, is staring at maps in the Batcave, goes through his file on his parents that he has. Um, Alfred has a moment where he expresses he doesn't want to spend the rest of his life grieving the loss of an old friend or their son's word of caution, as it were. It's fine. Good for Alfred. Uh, He's just <laughs> mad that he can't cuck Batman and Vicky anymore. <laughs> Alfred is basically <laughs> Bruce's mad. mom. He's mad. He's like, I can't, I can't watch you guys go at it on the Bat computer anymore because clearly you've busted that relationship wide open. Mm-hmm. Is it Vicky with her slightly unsymmetrical nipples? It's like, how do you know that, Alfred? <laughs> how many times did you watch that video? <laughs> but, but no, he's basically Bruce's mom. Like, yeah, why is. don't you just stop being a bat and make this nice girl happy? What's wrong with you? Why don't you settle down and be a married Batman rather than a single Batman? When you're gonna have some bat children? And you know what? Perhaps if you used your gigantic wealth to improve some of the things in the city, they wouldn't be so riddled with crime and you wouldn't need to dress up like a vigilante and actually add to the problem by creating supervillains an entire world that you could actually use your money to save instead of dressing up like a bat to punch clowns in the face. Deleted <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Deleted> of- scenes. <laughs> Speaking of some good advice that characters of the movie could have heeded, the mayor is once more giving a press conference about the gala. <laughs> Fucking mayor. The uh, mayor finally like realizes, yeah, yeah, I'm not getting my parade. Shockingly, with, this yeah. time he is postponing, not canceling, postponing the gala. There's no way that mayor... Well, let's be honest here. The mayor has probably paid out the ass from the city's coffers mm-hmm. to have that parade. So he's probably already put like down payments on all this shit he is going to be so recalled after all this stuff goes on like it's corruption up the ass like he that's that that's the only reason why i could guess that he is so adamant that they have this this festival is so that they can cover up the fact that he's embezzling money from the city 
Well, and this parade, like in the current state, is not bringing back Dunkin' Donuts and Supercuts. They are not coming back under this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Walmart might come. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Walmart looks for towns that are, you know, kind of like burning assholes in the earth. Wayne Manor shop. is so large that they would put a Walmart in Wayne's house. <laughs> Once again, though, the Joker does cut into his feed and talks all about how he's now in charge and he isn't a killer. He's an artist and he loves a good party. So he's going to dump $20 million in cash on the crowd at the parade at his own shindig. Uh, and that he and Batman will fight just the two of them. Uh, OK, I'm going to I'm going to shamelessly plug myself here. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. I, I have a YouTube channel called J does Video Nasties. And this is one of the scenes that created my my episode so many questions because this man is a known wanted terrorist who has poisoned the city and admitted it on television and now he's saying like oh you know i'm not a killer it's like but he the the broadcast that he's interrupting is on the steps of where he just murdered a man like a day ago and to be fair it's probably two days ago maybe two days yeah 48 hours is a long time they cleaned up they cleaned him up they cleaned up the body there and then he's like I'm going to now tell the police exactly where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. And they go, nah, it'll be fine. We don't need to go arrest this terrorist criminal mob boss. He did say he was going to dump $20 million in cash. Mm-hmm. And this is a, we've already established that just about everybody except for Batman are corrupt in this whole damn town. I, I got a good rewrite here. I got to go. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Remember, remember in RoboCop when the police go on strike and like Clarence Boniger and his like goons are just shooting off fucking rocket guns because there's no police, <laughs> there's no repercussions. <laughs> I think yeah. that they should have the police should have been like this. This city's too insane. We're gonna go on strike, and so then there's nobody to stop the Joker's parade. But then Gordon, to give him some level of character, tries to get the only decent cops in Gotham to break the strike line because he knows the jokers get out there to try to hurt people there i just did a rewrite of i just did a pass on sam ham's script (laughs) that probably was in there but i imagine that uh peter copper was like no no, (laughs) incredible well bruce flips through the report of his parents death unsolved to this day we flash back to that fateful night outside the monarch theater the Waynes and their son walking down the back alley, two figures following them until the spot where Bats left the flowers appears and the two figures mug his parents. Who is one of these figures? Jack. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is the moment where you quite literally had a divide, a schism, if you will. I don't mind. In No, I'm just saying you've had I don't there, mind. There, to this day, <laughs> yeah. to this day, there still is. Uh, a schism between Batman fans on whether this was good. This this decision to make Jack Nicholson, or excuse me, <laughs> J- uh, Jack Napier, the killer of Bruce Wayne's parents, was a Tim Burton decision. Okay, it it was his mm-hmm. decision, and people to this day still hate it. I don't mind. I don't mind whatsoever. And I know nobody asked me, but I'm just jumping in here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mind because it makes sense to the story. This universe of yeah. this film. Yeah. And it's an adapt. It's a different artistic interpretation yeah. of the subject matter. And it, for anybody who ever says that's not how they did it in the comic books. And then my answer to them is then go read the comics. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, TV shows, movies, Broadway shows, radio plays, you know, what have you. They're going to be from another artist interpretation of the world. And it doesn't have to follow everything by suit. You know, whatever the original source material of anything is, that original source material is still going to be there for you. Uh, so I don't know why anybody's really that. I, upset I also it. really just think that, like, the conflict between Batman and the Joker thus far has been very surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been very much, you're a bad guy who's threatening the city, so I don't like you. Punch, punch, you know, I'm going to beat you up. And maybe, yeah, there's a little bit with Vicky Vale in that. But let's be honest here. As I've said before, the chemistry between Batman and Vicky Vale is like, you know, not there. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> You know, what? what's the other thing? What's the other story element that you could throw into this that really gets to the core? And it's we already know that Batman had a hand in creating the Joker. Mm-hmm. He dropped him into the vat of acid. So it only makes sense from a story perspective to say, well, the Joker had a hand inadvertently in making Batman. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. I made you, you made me first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you guys are on the money on this one. Uh, it's It makes sense in the world of this movie that, of course, these two events, this, this event in the past and the current conflict are connected. I think it keeps the Bruce Wayne's backstory bit from feeling a little bit too extraneous to keep this movie yeah. moving. Because for being two hours long, there's a lot in here. It feels like every scene is pretty jam-packed. Uh, and it's fun to watch, but it, it you know it'd be very easy for any part of this to to drag if they weren't pretty tight in how everything was connected together. Yeah, and this and this movie isn't really Batman versus organized crime. It's really mm-hmm. Batman versus Joker. Like the idea of a Joe Chill, which is yeah. the comic book character that is just some random like thug who killed Bruce Wayne's parents, like that speaks to an underlying organized crime problem that Batman needs to fix. Like, Mm -hmm. no, in this movie, I mean, sure, he has to fight organized crime, but he really has to fight the Joker. Right. You know, more than crime itself. But Yeah. And so it's okay that the Joker killed his parents all those years ago. (laughs) I'm sure we'll get some... We give it our seal of approval. (laughs) By the way, that actor that they got, oh my God. That casting. Woo! He looks just like him. I, I and hey to that guy who I, I feel really weird calling him out now because he hasn't answered any of my messages considering I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, oh, but did you, you actually like reach out to him? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And he hasn't he hasn't answered me. <laughs> so. <laughs> At this moment, we cut back to the Batcave where Alfred has brought Vale. She asks why he wouldn't let her in, but Batman explains he's that totally she's not fired. In. It's like yeah. oh, the fuck. <laughs> Duh. He's totally fired. By the way, can we appreciate how sexy 80s Michael Keaton is here with his turtleneck tucked into his man, his his, like his dad jeans. Yeah. He's like permed on top. Yeah, his perm hair. hair. Yeah. He's got his little pompadour perm hair. Incredible. What a perfect time capsule of a time that is maybe the 80s. You want to know what's hilarious? Look up the premiere pictures from Batman Returns. It's Michael Keaton in glorious dad 1990s suit. So he's wearing <laughs> jeans. He's wearing like a striped shirt, striped oh, blazer shirt, and a blazer and a tie that clearly doesn't match. The Dennis Miller style. It I see, yeah. really is. 
And of course, he's like, he's dating Courtney Cox at the time, and like, she's gorgeous, and she's next to this schlub. <laughs> but at the time, it, he wasn't a schlub; he was Michael fucking Keaton. Yeah. So, like, it, it's that's funny. Oh, they have a whole conversation in the cave here about why, why won't you let me in? And he's like, I've got more responsibility. Because I'm Batman. If they had more chemistry, you'd be like, oh, this is the romantic, whatever, whoever. But well, I love that she doesn't give. He doesn't give her an inch. And by the way, she's also an investigative journalist. And <laughs> and then he's like, now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go commit murder. <laughs> and by, property damage. By burning down a factory with nauseous chemicals that is also near a waterway. So essentially, Batman is just poisoning the entire city. Yeah, he in the air, in the water after he kills a hundred of Joker's goons. <laughs> In in a by blowing up a factory. Yeah, it's because the Batmobile he, in like armored up yeah. auto driving yeah. to just drop yeah. bombs basically in this chemical factory. <laughs> well, it, he it's it's called he couldn't say I love you too like that's yeah. It would have required too much of him. <laughs> and if anybody complains about Batman Returns with the like the the giant. Me, me. Well, no, well, the giant rotund circus goon that he can't punch his way through and puts a bomb on him and throws him down like a sewer and, and he blows up. And like, Ooh, Batman killed somebody. Go back to this movie. I'm assuming there's about a hundred Joker goons running this factory at night and he just blows all of them up. So Batman is a fucking spree killer. <laughs> yeah, he uses the Batmobile to do chaos as he walks back out to the Batmobile afterwards to drive away and do whatever else he's about to do tonight. It's a hell of a Friday night for Batman. <laughs> he's got to go beat up some more goons who have American Express cards. <laughs> uh, Joker in a helicopter appears to taunt him and flies away as a Joker balloon starts to fly through the streets to show the start of the new Joker-themed parade in celebration of 200 years of Gotham. The mayor said he won his parade. Got Guys, parade. I got a question got for you. Uh -huh. Were these the original balloons? Or did Joker make his own <laughs> balloons? Some of them that we see in later shots look like they could be like weird corporate mascots in this universe. <laughs> but the first one, it definitely feels like a Joker original. So yeah. how how did he do this? How did he pull this off? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Boss Grissom had a lot of stuff in his garage. <laughs> All I'm saying is when they finish the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, you know what the first thing they think about like that Friday is? Let's start planning next year's parade. <laughs> Joker apparently in like, let's call it a week and a half, got like custom-made balloons that also could carry poisonous gas. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm I mean, looking for too much. Like, I, I, uh, it's it's Gotham, John. Okay, suspension Gotham. of disbelief. L right? Listen, listen, yeah. listen. We all know that in Gotham there are multiple, you know, goofy balloon stores right next to <laughs> the bars, uh, prostitution rings, and dark alleys filled with garbage. That's screaming baby balloons is. are us. Yeah, screaming <laughs> baby balloons are us. Uh. The citizens of Gotham all start turning up, hoping for some of that sweet, sweet cash uh, to rain down upon them as Vale and Knox also pull up to the parade and start snapping pics. Meanwhile, the Batplane takes flight. It is Batman en route to Gotham proper, just in time for the big shebang. The Batman toy plane. Yes. Let's be honest here. It's a toy. <laughs> it looks why? like a Batarang, and he flies by sitting in the middle of it. <laughs> 
Why did Batman bring the Batwing? How did he know that the Joker was going to poison balloons? I like to think it's like the middle cab of the Batmobile and then wings just grow out of the side of it if you press the right button. Maybe he's the world's greatest detective. He's the world's greatest detective. (laughs) What I love about this, and this is something that's mentioned in the comic book adaptation uh, of, of this movie, is that the money that Joker spills on the crowd all have his face on the one dollar bill hate it i know you hate it i know you hate it but i think it's hilarious because the whole movie he's like he's in in the the museum he's like i want my face on a one dollar bill well this is it kind of coming through and we're seeing it and you could tell that that was something that they probably were like we need to do this Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason decided well we have to print a lot of money with his face on the one dollar bill we're not gonna do that right here's where here's where i'm gonna disagree with you old buddy okay buddy while we were uh, not to uh, be too transparent here, but we had some technical snappy foos at the beginning of, <laughs> yeah. of the episode. And there were times where Brian and I were just talking. Um, we had this conversation. And the problem I have with Heath Ledger's Joker, not the performance, not the character, not the movie, is that that Joker has thought everything out. And I hate when he goes, I'm a dog chasing card. No, you're not. You've thought out a 3,000 step plan. And <laughs> The Joker is an agent of chaos, and that's what Jack Nicholson's Joker is. He he does everything on a whim, mm-hmm. and the idea when Vicky Vale asked him earlier, it's like, what do you want? He actually pauses in a sense of, oh, shit, I never thought about that. Like, what do I want? And he just says that as a flippant comment, and the fact that the Joker at this parade would purposely throw 20 million of his own dollars out and then just kill people is a lot more anarchistic out of nowhere uncontrolled joker than if he had actually mapped out this insidious plan to not even give them real money well here's the reason why i think it's a brilliant thing at the point this is like lincoln douglas debate i love point this. counterpoint <laughs> yeah all right so yeah. the joker through this entire movie is obsessed with vanity He's obsessed with himself. He's obsessed with himself in the media. He's obsessed with his self-image. He's, uh, you know, completely engorged in visual aesthetic. So it makes complete sense to me to a Joker that's obsessed with his own press and his own face that he rains down money with his own face in a moment where it's all about him. Mm. Boom. I... I, I see that. I see that. But at the same time, I used, to, I used to fuck with my friends in high school, and then like it would be something where I'd have to fix whatever I fucked them over on, and they'd be like, why do you just do like stunts that just make more work for yourself? It doesn't make any sense. And all I could think was, well, you know, and now in hindsight, not I didn't think it at the time, but I was like, that's what the Joker would do. <laughs> that's what the Joker would do. Of course do. he would blow $20 million just to gas people, you know? Why not? Yeah. Maybe. Speaking of, Joker announces it's time for the game. Who do you trust? Turning the crowd against the Batman and in favor of him. And just at that moment, the Batplane swooshes overhead. So the Joker begins phase two, instructing his goons to put on their gas masks before releasing Joker's Smilax gas from the giant Joker balloon. Uh, I have to assume these balloons are full of the gas at first, although later we'll see a canister attached to them. Uh, How cool would it have... It would have been so great if these... Silly parade balloons were the source of it all. 
It would have been amazing if Batman, instead of like capturing all the balloons and flying them into the the atmosphere, he's like, I'll just shoot them down. Yeah, and they're all full of gas, and he just <laughs> makes the problem a hundred times worse. I mean, he's already that uh, in one night. He's completely like destroyed, you know, Axis Chemicals and murdered. Yeah. He's murdered Gotham, you know, yeah. because <laughs> tomorrow morning they're going to be drinking their water and be like, why does it have a funny taste in it? Why does the air smell ranker than usual? And oh, yeah, it's because Batman destroyed that chemical place last night. Gotham City's now Flint, Michigan. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah. Vale catches a glimpse of the canisters leaking through her camera lens, and she gets into the car, rolling up all the windows as Knox pulls out an N95 mask from his trunk very ahead of his time and runs into the fray with a stick as the crowd starts to panic and the Smilax spreads. COVID-89. This, this, this is why I hate Knox. <laughs> This is why I just fucking hate him. I'm like, dude, first of all, you had no chance with Vale. Now you're going to be Batman. You're going to go with your bat, literal bat, with a mask on. Okay, Batman. <laughs> vale drives away as Bat swoops using the pointier parts of the bat plane to catch all the ropes holding up the balloons and flies them way over the sky above the city before releasing them to float away. <laughs> He took he his balloons. He stole my balloons. He stole his balloons. Why did someone those tell me that balloons. he had one of those things? <laughs> my, I, bet like, I bet when whoever was designing that Batwing is like, ah, you want a machine gun on the front of it? No, I want a rather large hook. Why? Well, no, he wants a gun, too, because he's got guns and bombs on it as well. Mm. No, but I mean the very, very front of it. Like, what would be the mouth of the bat? He's like, I want a hook in case, you know, there's ever any dangerous you know parade balloons see i think this was was something the toy company was like hey we're gonna sell these bat bat wings can we put a hook on the front of it oh there yeah there's a term called uh toy uh toy etiquette yeah etiquette toy etiquette it's toy etiquette toy etiquette yeah and the idea is make as many things in the movie possible that you can sell as toys. Now this movie is, I mean, obviously as any big budgeted movie like this is like terrible, mm-hmm. but it's nothing compared to Batman and Robin. That oh, is God. nothing oh, yeah. but make it a toy, make it oh, a toy. Man. Yeah. Every time the they have a silver costume change in that suits. movie, you're like, yeah, yeah great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another like, why do they need figure. those silver free suits on? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it protects them, you know, from the freeze gun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Joker, furious that Bat stole his balloons, shoots Bob. R.I.P. to Aww. Bob. His dreams of he getting his one... GED squashed. He was, he was quite literally one credit away <laughs> from his, his d- dreams being realized. His three degrees. His, his, his three degrees of photography chemistry and forensic pathology <laughs> all out the door oh don't forget he also wanted to be an fbi agent and go track matilda wormwood's parents because oh. he does show up in the movie matilda god damn wow. yeah we're just bringing up bob's entire imdb page here rich in story and character actor bob <laughs> yes the poor goon. bob r.i.p bob, bob. Yeah. gone before gone too soon gone too soon the goons get the crowd outside the Monarch Theater to scatter because this is, of course, one of the two streets of Boston. Uh, Boston. Gotham. <laughs> Boston. <laughs> the bat plane flies up in front of the moon and does the Batman symbol thing, which was 
extremely cool before unlocking it's cool but not necessary at all not even a little bit no it is absolutely necessary brian sometimes if i got whiskey dick i just think of that and i nut (laughs) (laughs) the uh that plane unlocks its full arsenal and he goes to fire at the joker they're in a very western standoff uh the joker standing directly in front of his line of fire as Batman flies directly at him, takes aim, gets locked on, and completely misses. I've never, ever, ever understood this. No. Yeah, same here. I, I'm an apologist for this movie, and I have an explanation for everything in this movie. I except, this. except, yeah, he is, mm-hmm. maybe he just did not calibrate his shit correctly. <laughs> but, like, he is dead on. Okay, so, and let's also ignore the fact that Batman is planning to just murder this man just absolutely just well this batman gives no fucks this batman is done he gives no fucks it's blind rage he's blowing up axis chemicals killing the joker's men killing all of gotham with with you know poisonous gas and and chemicals and he's just like fuck this guy i'm gonna kill he killed my mommy and daddy that's where he's at and then joker pulls out his big penis and blows him out his (laughs) yes he's got this gun with a barrel that like extends to be comically long longer than an arm it's totally phallic sigmund freud jizzed everywhere yeah. uh and he scores a direct hit with that particular gun and sends the bat plane plummeting into one of gotham's many alleys uh he sends a giant or he sends a little tiny miniature bat wing crashing into a <laughs> miniature bat or gotham city <laughs> i mean it's a church but yeah same yeah. thing when uh, you see that thing like crashing into the street, so it's like that is twelve inches. <laughs> that is, and those little little tiny cars, you know, <laughs> big flames, little tiny cars. Vale <laughs> <laughs> rushes over to the crash, but Batman is nowhere to be found, and instead, Joker has her at very long gunpoint. <laughs> very <laughs> long gunpoint. He calls in transportation to the Gotham City Cathedral before spotting the tower that they stood beneath and taking her inside instead. And the minute they go inside, Batman emerges from the wreckage and follows inside of this very gothic and medieval church tower. This is where Batman looks at at the church and goes like, she ain't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) He just has his face of like, Fuck this. There's a particular shit. kind of like resignation that he has until he gets to the top of this tower. Yeah. He's just like, I'm totally done. Fuck this shit. I want to go home. I love the metaphor of this, of it being like the idea that Gotham's like is so lost that the churches look like like abandoned churches from like Rome mm-hmm. like three thousand, yeah. four thousand years ago. <laughs> You know, just and no one goes to church in Gotham. Okay, John, ever. By the way, I I have a new ending to this movie. Oh, I uh, Gotham Cathedral uh, transportation for two, five Five minutes. minutes. And it goes better make it. Actually, you know what? You're in a helicopter. Just land it on the ground and I'll get in it. And uh, yeah, we'll do it that way. Uh, Yes, sir. Mr. Joker, we can actually do that really super quick. And then Joker flies off of Vicky Vale and wins. (laughs) <laughs> why does he need to get to the top of a cathedral Traumatic. it's a helicopter yeah, it can land anywhere <laughs> and it's not like the the cathedral is gonna have like a flat surface for the helicopter to land at no they gotta throw that rope you gotta throw that stupid down. rope so like you're yeah. already setting yourself up for the worst possible scenario to happen which it does mm-hmm. and for this church thing too this is a rewrite by the producers at the last minute 
and they went, yeah, we need to have a big action set piece for the end of the movie. Uh, of course. Mm. And, and Jack Nicholson turned to Tim Burton and he goes, Timmy, what's my motivation to climb these stairs? <laughs> and Tim went, I don't have an answer, Jack. Please, for the love of God, just do it. Because the producers are, we have to do it for them. I don't know why you're climbing these stairs. Just do it. <laughs> for you, kid. All right. <laughs> Joker's pushing Vale further and further up the tower, not realizing they were being followed, but Batman knocks over the pews, which all fall one by one like dominoes. <laughs> and the because he's on completely Keaton's concussed. When he yeah. does this, is he's like, whoops. <laughs> so unconcerned. <laughs> That was Mr. Mom coming out. Okay, that was yeah. that was not Batman. That was Mr. Mom there. Gotham City Police making their next appearance in this movie. <laughs> Arrive on the scene. They finally show finally. up. <laughs> finally. I feel like if Bin Laden was like, hey, everybody, on March 19th, I'm going to be in Times Square <laughs> on a parade float. Don't arrest me. And they went, oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, and the, but if you're getting your hopes up for them to be like involved in this movie from this point forward, don't because Joker uses his acid shooting flower to corrode a giant bell and send it plummeting below where it destroys the stairs and blocks the entrance and the police will shrug and walk away. Like, well, we can't do anything now. I guess she's dead. Uh, here, get the searchlights that that taxpayer dollars have spent for us. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, Commissioner Gordon, don't we have a helicopter? Yeah, but. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and I need to take a powder and have a Danish. <laughs> Batman reaches the roof, but Joker and Vale are nowhere to be seen. Although Joker's voice taunts Bats and instrumental music picks up as Bats takes down one goon easily. Spots Joker dancing with Vale on the balcony as more goons continue to attack Bats. He pretty handily one defeats one or two. And then the <laughs> last one gives him a lot more trouble. But eventually he does manage to take him on and throw him down the bell, bell tower to his doom. Casual murder. <laughs> Listen. Casual murder. <laughs> Listen, every time that that goon falls down, I laugh. I can't help it. Well, because he hits his head on the bell. First. Well, it literally looks like it looks like Wiley Coyote when he falls off a cliff. <laughs> and you see the poof. And like, he goes, ah! And he's dead. I, I can't help but laugh every time. <laughs> See, I, now I want another HBO Max spinoff show of like his family Goon like, number suffering two. <laughs> on like minimum wage and food stamps because like he was their entire like, you know, breadwinner and Batman who probably didn't need to actually kill him, like killed him. And like now they're just suffering. And it's like and then they go to Wayne Enterprises and they ask for some kind of grant and they say, I'm sorry, we can't help you. And it's just like, are you saying that the Joker has a, a decent health plan and retirement <laughs> package? Dental, is that what you're saying? The best dental you can find. Which is How do you think dental. Bob was paying his way through night school? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was getting the Joker's like educational discount. And, and you know, he was. Yeah. Joker yeah. was paying his student loans. <laughs> <laughs> Work for me, Bob, and I will pay for your your night classes i i believe in you you're my number one, one guy my number one <laughs> student <laughs> number one student he's got a bumper sticker on the back of one of those joker sedans that just says like my student is an a student <laughs> <laughs> my, my joker on the honor goon roll. is a isn't as on the honor roll my, <laughs> my goon's on my the honor goons roll. on the honor roll yeah. <laughs> 
Joker's dance continues when Vale spots Bats skulking about in the background as he is wont to do. And picking up on her situation, she plays at hitting on the Joker right back and distracts him for about 0.5 seconds long enough for it to be weird. And then also for Bats to oh, appear. It's she gets real bizarre. coquettish. She gets real coquettish and uh, tricks him with, uh, with a blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it it looks really weird, and like the only thing I can go on, uh, like his face, is what kind of gives it away because he's like, wait a minute, the one blonde in Gotham City's into me now. Ah, uh, finally, she's seeing how like the real she's me. Seeing clearly, yeah, she's seeing the real me. I can't wait to throw poison on her face later and drill holes into her brain. Ew, mm-hmm. nasty. Bats will intervene before then, though, asking the Joker if he ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight before socking the clown right into a bell. Ah, nice. <laughs> Joker and Bats scuffled, Joker exclaiming that Bats was the one who made him, dropping him into that vat of chemicals. But Bats is pretty handily handling the Joker and marching him towards the edge of the building. As they uh, approach, he says how it was the Joker who made him when he killed his parents, also revealing his secret identity. <laughs> again but does he but does he uh, yeah you killed my par- how many parents as joker <laughs> probably killed he just immediately picks up the fact that this is bruce wayne goes i was a kid when i killed your parents i never understood this either okay well, well I'm, uh, he, again i'm an apologist for everything oh, in this movie except the targeting system of the batwing and how <laughs> joker just pieces together oh wait this must be bruce well wayne. well listen 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 okay john like yeah. that that whole scene in the apartment pretty much we've already agreed gives away who the fuck batman is right mm. like that okay little back and forth all right we're going so, by that but that, like, that I, I, i'm gonna guess that the joker is smart enough since he has an aptitude for chemistry art and what else is he into? Science. Science. Uh, which science. You could argue which science is chemistry. chemistry but, you know. yeah. 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 I guess yeah. he's so, got some so geology he, in there or something. He, he might have <laughs> a little bit of a deductive mind to get that combining those two facts together probably points out that, you know, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Well, but, but apparently the South Park, I mean, Gotham City Police Department can't put that together. <laughs> Well, they don't no, have the no, sne- sneaky little catchphrase they've apparently been doing their whole life to use as a touch point to connect. All these That's tracks. right. Yeah. <laughs> Bats punches the Joker to send him over the edge of the building, but gloved hands reach back up and like a like the Hong Kong martial arts flick that I kind of wish this was. Sometimes he pulls Bats and Veil over the edge instead and sends them dangling down. It's just such a slick switcheroo. I'm like, That's an incredibly it, competent it, move it for is. a guy who so far has been mostly dancing around. And- <laughs> he's also not very like athletic right no. like, like he's kind of over the hill in this well the funny thing is when joker's not thinking with his penis he's actually pretty apt to like solve some issues if he wasn't so fucking horny he probably could have done a lot more damage but the chemicals uh... there was viagra in the chemicals <laughs> Dangly from a gargoyle, Joker has bats and veil hanging on for dear life. Some of his goons arrive just in the nick of time with a Joker copter and drop a rickety ladder for the Joker to grab onto so they can fly away. They spent all their money on on parade balloons. <laughs> they all, all they they could only get like you know the the uh, the great value brand mm-hmm. of yeah. yeah of here's a rickety ladders. ladder that's also over an abyss. We're not even going to try to get the ladder like closer to you that if you fell you would still land on the church. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nah, nope. you'd be dead. Yeah. As he grabs it and begins to be pulled away, 
Bats uses his infamous grappling hook, which is incredibly multi-purpose, to attach a stone gargoyle <laughs> to Joker's ankle, which weighs him down enough that he loses his grip on the ladder, slips, and plummets to the ground below. Bat murder! Yay! <laughs> but did he plan to murder him? Yes. I don't oh, know. Tony. I think that for once in his murderous rampage, <laughs> I think he was just trying to stop the Joker from getting away. He hmm. didn't know that the gargoyle was going to rip uh, him. He didn't try to save him, man. Well, he's dangling for his life, Brian. What do you want well, to do? No, but I'm just saying, and try to save him. You're telling me Batman couldn't have grapple hooked him and said, nah, mm-hmm. I don't want you dying. Really, like um, could have connected him to any part of the building he, he, and sent him a yeah, loose gargoyle yeah. or something. Yeah, no, he he wanted him dead. <laughs> well, see, I thought it was kind of like that more Batman for everything, where it's like, no, Robin, no, Robin, you don't want to have to kill people. You don't want that on your on your conscience. You don't want to like be a vigilante that way. And at the end of the movie, he's like, hey, Robin, watch me kill this guy, and then you can get a boner. <laughs> uh, yeah, because only Batman can kill people. Nobody else can. <laughs> <laughs> Bats and Vale try to climb back up onto the safety of solid building, but slip. And luckily, Bats has more grappling hooks, so the two of them end up hanging in midair. Uh, I thought so. Oh, well, they turn into a doll. They turn into dolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's real obvious that those are dolls. Like the the little cape. The little cape on Batman is just, it's so tiny. It doesn't even move in the wind. And this, kids, is how you could play with your official Batman 89 action figures. Get them now in your happy meal. Listen, I did. I've got Batman and the Joker, like, in the box. They ain't coming out of the box. They ain't coming out. Although I do have the ones from my my childhood, but they're all missing every accessory. Oh, of course. But my, I remember watching this in 2001 on one of my, like, I think this is my 319th rewatch of it. And I was watching it with my folks. And when that whole thing happened and then, like, the grappling hook connected to the building and they stopped, my mom was sitting on the couch in her normal spot and went, I would have shit my ass. <laughs> <laughs> we all would have, Mom. Uh, listen, there would have been a lot of bat guano <laughs> coming out of every every ass. <laughs> Uh, uh, Joker is dead on the ground leaving quite the crater still with that smile plastered over his face Um, no blood though no blood no he would have been yeah he would have been evaporated would have been guts (laughs) everywhere like you wouldn't have even seen a person Mm -hmm. it's a very PG-13 falling for him (laughs) Uh, the mayor gives another speech about how the last of Joker's men have been rounded up (laughs) Oh my! How? Well, it, how? Well, how do the well, they without, just ra- they, without Bob they turn themselves them in. in their hour yeah. of need? <laughs> well, it's Dent who gives the speech. Oh right, right, right. Mayor does. Yeah, Dent, Mayor doesn't do it because he's been, you know, he's been amassed as incompetent. <laughs> so it's like, he's well, been Dent, horribly emasculated by yeah. his incompetence. Yeah. yeah, Dent's the only one who has any credibility left. <laughs> so you know, he's the one giving the speech in you know his again most dapper Lando Calrissian suit. <laughs> And, and and yeah, you know, he's he's going off saying like, oh, the reign of crime is over. It's like, no, no, no. This is still fucking Gotham City, man. <laughs> yeah. This is also where not. Do you not see like, the billboard? <laughs> reign of terror. It's promised on our, all of our brochures. Yeah. <laughs> why people come well, the, here for the aesthetic. I think that's why for the second movie, they, they kind of switch gears on the plot line because 
what ended up being the fact that the penguin was in the circus and that's why all of his goons were like circus people and clowns and sideshow people that was originally in one of the first drafts of batman return script was that these people were were paying homage to the joker and they were mm. copycats you know and the thing is like there were stores fronts selling like pieces of the bat wing you know like you can own the you know from this terrorist incident and all that and the thing is if Batman was supposed to have stopped crime and it just continues anyways and he accomplished nothing. So I think that's why they pivoted quite a bit on the the rewrites. That and Tim Burton went, I don't want to make a comic movie. I want to make a Tim Burton movie. I want Batman to be Edward Scissorhands now. And they went, no. (laughs) (laughs) They they said no to him once and he went, all right, it could be Michael Keaton again. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is also where Knox asks Vale if she's sticking around, but she just sort of walks off and we are all reminded that he is still alive and in this movie. Ah, (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank the texting uh, screen audience for that. Um, Question. How do we cold? (laughs) Shut up, Knox. Like, I I, I wish that, like, you know, Commissioner Grom just shut up. No one likes you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dent reads a letter from the Batman saying if the forces of evil rise again to call him. How do they call him, though? The bat signal, of course. They unveil their big beacon in the sky. Uh, in another one of Gotham's alleys, Vicky spots the bat signal, uh, as well as the waiting Alfred and Wayne family fancy car full of champagne. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alfred is driving on the wrong side of the street. I know that this movie takes place <laughs> in England, but <laughs> Gotham isn't in England. Why is he driving on the wrong side of the street? John. We don't know what time period this thing takes place in. And you're complaining about the traffic rules in Gotham. This is year 3,219 after the Atomic Wars. Mm-hmm. This could very well be an entirely alternate timeline where the U.S. Yeah. never split from the U.K. And we all there died you go. on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's good enough for me. Uh, this time when Alfred tells her Mr. Wayne may be a bit late, she just smiles. She's not a bit surprised because she knows his secret. Um, we head to the top of Gotham's And she knows she's getting laid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We head to the top of Gotham's skyline where Batman is standing, admiring the bat signal, and we go to credits and the movie. Well, he's admiring the matte painting. (laughs) (laughs) And, but, you know, I, for years and years and years, turned this movie off, like, after a couple seconds of the credit music, Mm because I wanted to listen to that Danny Elfman score. I'm like, yeah! Yeah! And then, (laughs) One time when I watched this, I, I want to say when I was 21 or over, but it was before that, that I got drunk watching this. I just sat there in a stupor watching the credits. And then I didn't realize the second song through was like this Prince love ballad. Oh, it's Vicky waiting. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? You want to know? You want to know what's funny? So Kim Basinger at the time was was dating Prince. When this movie was made. Huh. Yeah. So I have a feeling that some of those songs were uh, in reference to her. Girl, you know you're the only girl who can girl me, girl. <laughs> uh, well, that's the uh, end of Batman 1989. Do you guys have any kind of closing thoughts on this movie? Is, would you recommend our listeners go and watch this? Is there a specific situation they should watch it in? Kind of wrap it all up for us here. John, you start and I'll close uh, this out. Um. Yeah, I I would absolutely tell people to go see this. I put this on my Mount Rushmore Batman movies. Like, you do need to take into context a bit of the history of the making of this movie, the mm-hmm. fact that it was the late 80s. I would say anybody like 
if you're 15 and you maybe saw when you were a little kid, the dark Knight rises and, but your Batman is the Batman. Like maybe you, you got to have a little contextualization into this. I will say that, um, Neo liberal capitalism at its finest when this movie came out. <laughs> well, I think was also one of the things that I didn't bring up at the beginning that really caught my eye in this movie because DC that was like not struggling in the way Marvel was when they sold off all their movies in the early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, they said, we want to sell all Batman merchandise when this mm -hmm. movie comes out, Ooh. not just not just the movie merchandise, but all Batman merchandise. So when I was a little kid, I had in my head that the entire world revolved around my interests. It was like, because they also, you know, like Nick at night started reshowing the Batman 60s show. And I'm like, oh, there's a Batman show. And all of these toys are available. And not just from the, the movie, but just basic Batman toys in general. And there's a video game and there's a, a CD or a compact disc. And, you know, it's just like, well, this is how my life is always going to be. People are just going to cater to my interests, you know, in my four-year-old egotistical mind. Um, so, yeah, that just enraptured me into this world. And, it, and then I, I never let go. But yeah, I would just say, understand that movies age and and look at it in that in that context, just in the same way you, you would with Batman Begins or the 66 Batman. Mm -hmm. For me, I mean, to if you were are wondering how we got here with the superhero films dominating what they are in, in entertainment, you have to point to this film as the start of it. Um, if you did not have the 89 Batman, you would not have Marvel the, at, at the, the height that it is now. You would not have superhero culture permeate through our entire uh, society. And it's really a testament to this film. This film took 10 years to make, by the way. So, like, we're, we're talking, like, when Superman came out, they were wanting to do something with Batman. By 80. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so like, they it took 10 years in development went through multiple actors dealt with so many uh issues in the making of this thing there literally was a moment where investors were so scared of this movie co uh, being coming out that they were ready to pull you know the minute that michael keaton was cast you had fanboys who were freaking out going through and and email and not email those email wasn't around but like writing like writing actual letters bro. <laughs> writing letters to warner brothers threatening like how dare you get mr mom in as batman the investors were scared out of their mind and it really wasn't until tim burton did a literally unspeakable which was film a behind the scenes things showing case showcasing everything which you can find this online by the way Sorry, you can Robert find the, the the video that he made just showcasing everything to these investors so that they aren't freaking out. Okay. So like we, we have never really dealt with that uh, in the entertainment industry. And it, we, it really was this film that, that had that, that barrier to overcome. Um, and does it age? Well, I think it does. I really think that is a testament to kind of the production design, the actors involved, the costumes involved, everything involved. This film definitely doesn't feel like an 80s film, um, aside from, you know, some of the treatment of female characters that we talked about. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a classic and it's a classic for a reason. Uh, you know, there's also this. This is the reason why people are obsessed with the 89 Batman again with the, the Flash movie. 
Although, don't get me started on Ezra Miller because uh, <laughs> yes. he's a creep. That's another hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another hour. He's a you know fucking creep, and I'll I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, but people are now you know rediscovering how awesome Keaton as Batman is, and it's this movie that really gave him that start. Um, so I I definitely say like watch this for what it is, uh, because it's a beautiful piece of cinema. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen this Batman yet, go give it a watch. Um, personally, like I love this version of the Joker because it does feel very Jack Nicholson doing Cesar Romano in the way that a lot of subsequent mm-hmm. Joker actors, uh, the 2000s and on, are doing their best Heath Ledger. Yeah. But I think Nicholson brings something to it that makes it his own and makes it really fun to watch. Uh, as heinous as many of the murders in this movie are, ultimately, it's still a fun ride great movie night if you're a superhero fan if you're a batman fan in general or just like a good well-made movie that holds up surprisingly well it's i'd also say this is a good example a lot of people give shit on the producers of this batman movie which i've given plenty of shit on them (laughs) but i will say the one thing i do appreciate is that this is what you get when a filmmaker does have some constraints Mm -hmm. right because when you get to batman returns which I am not 100% a fan of. I appreciate this one much more than that one. That's a filmmaker let off the chain. Mm -hmm. And this one clearly has some constraints and thought of, does this make sense? Well, that's that's why he shot in England, Brian. It was to get away from those two psychopaths, John Peters and Peter Gruber. And if anybody wants to know what... Uh, one of those producers is like, go watch Licorice Pizza. Uh, and Bradley yeah. Cooper's character is the producer of this movie, and you'll see a psychopath. In <laughs> go watch the documentary Licorice Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Oh, well, this has been such a fun time. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. If our listeners want to hear more from you, where can they find you guys? Uh, we are everywhere we are on all the podcast applications out there we just look up the cinema psychos show uh you can also find us at our website cinema show.com we're even on tiktok a little bit and instagram facebook twitter at psycho show we put out episodes every week we try to uh and we're 264 episodes in we've been podcasting since 2016 it's got to so, be something there for you. There's something there in our back catalog <laughs> that, that might tickle someone's fancy. Um, I think we even talked about 89 Batman on one episode already. But We did uh, for the 30th anniversary, bro. We did. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So that's that's pretty much what we do. And what we do is a lot of what we did here, right? Like we, we try to combine, you know, serious film criticism with comedy because that makes the medicine go down. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're not film spotting at all. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> against them, but we're just we're not them. We like to have fun, and uh, we we like to build ourselves as as cr- serious criticism with vulgar comedy, as you all know now. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. That'll I'll be linked in the show notes down below. Uh, thanks again for joining me. I'm off. I heard there was this parade going on today, so. I got to go check that out. Uh, We'll be back next episode (laughs) with more movies and more guests. But thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. And for bearing with my technical difficulties with my microphone, I had a great time recording this episode, despite the slight drop in audio quality. 
Moviestruck will return on May 22nd, but if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to contact us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that, as well as the Moviestruck Discord, where you can go to chat with other listeners about movies, pets, and all things, can be found in the show notes below. I'd like to give a special shout out to the patrons who joined us in April. It's thanks to you guys and all of the folks over on Patreon uh, to help keep the lights on and make me able to feed Ziggy with any sort of regularity. So without further ado, thank you to Brandon Sheets, Nova, Spades, Mayoran, and Jacob Hunt.